This is Travis, and you are listening to the Blake 7 in Character podcast. I'm going to get you, Blake. This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters, and occasionally the not-so-one-offs. Who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything else that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, for this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the story first. Hello and welcome to our very first episode devoted to a major character. And as our listener Eddie Oliver put it, it's Blake Seven in extreme character this week as we're talking about Travis Mark One. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-host Ian Marchant. Hello. Hello. Are you wearing an eye patch for this occasion? I'm wearing the full leather S&M gear, mate. A bit sweaty. Steady on, chap. Steady on. I've just got a bit of bin liner and oh. uh, cut it out and uh, and you hooed it to my uh, to my cranium. Yeah, well, it's funny enough. One of the um, one of the because I watched this again last night. Uh, well, the, the main episode we're going to be talking about uh, with Anne. And one of the thing I did notice uh, was just how good the first appearance of the eye patch is that goes right round his head and you can see bits of it below the hairline and mm. really clever. They seem to get rid of that straight away. Yeah, I've <laughs> Probably got, took I've, too long. I've got, yeah, I think that's exactly what it yeah. was because um, you see Stephen Greif and he's saying that once they applied that to him, he wore it all day long. Yeah. Um, they didn't bother taking it off when he went up to the canteen mm. or anything. Um, so yeah, that was a major appliance. But we'll talk is about that, that when we reach yeah. him. I was going to say, is that what that uh, little brown bit underneath is? That is chocolate pudding from the canteen <laughs> he missed. <laughs> a bit of gravy or something yeah, yes be, yeah. yeah 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 he was a sloppy eater i think there's more of the grave than gravy about travis oh very good very oh, like good. I, oh I, look I have, at that have, a bit of dickens I, yeah i was gonna say i have to give dickens credit but... blimey two minutes into this hey. and we're, uh, and we're right literally we are well you are well. Oh, yes all right um talking about you yes. right um, you've oh, said done. no, no, no. I was oh. going to say on on numerous occasions on the, on this show, you've yeah. said that you know doing the podcast, uh, you've re- rediscovered your affection and love for Travis Mark too. Correct. Right? Yes. Does that mean that at the beginning it was fifty fifty with the two Travises, or were you a Travis Mark one at the beginning and you've become more of a devotee? If you had, had said to me two years ago, whenever we started this podcast, many many years ago. Um, Best Travis, Travis Mark One, all the way from Travis Mark One, Stephen Grave, he's the land. Um, but rewatching it with, I've, I, yeah, I've got a, a huge appreciation for Travis Mark Two, but that doesn't diminish my love of Travis Mark One. Mm-hmm. And it could be that I love Travis Mark Two for all the wrong reasons, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, watching this again, and we've, we've said this before, but if you if you want to if you're a bit jaded with a program or Blake Seven. Watch it with someone that's never seen it before, and you watch it through their eyes. And like I say, watching this last night, because it's the first time, because we've not covered this episode at all before, no. really. Well, you haven't um, really yeah, got a, yeah. a, 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 no a guest main guest yeah. character. You've got a couple of troopers yeah. in it, 
but I, I've always held this one back yeah. for the Travis yes. special episode. So this this was the first time that um, sort of Anne sat down to watch it, um, and she she thought it was a, a program of very highest order, and she thought Travis Mark One was was just superb. It was like, ooh, he's really mm. good, you know. And I think I think that's true. I, I don't think he gets any better than this than in this episode. I think there's the writing for this one because I, I was watching it, and it's weird that it's. It's almost a police procedural episode, mm. and Travis is—he's a—he's you could replace him with a chief detective inspector doing the same thing. He that could be Inspector Morse with... who comes yeah. in and says, yeah. "Stop what are these men there's, doing." There's nothing really in here that that says this is an evil man. He's just doing his job as he mm. sees it, mm-hmm. um, and it's—it's uh, it's lovely to watch him piece it together. He's much cleverer than Blake in mm. this. You know, Blake only wins by stealing Travis's idea. Yeah, I and, like the stories yeah. like this where we yeah. know, you know, we, we already know what's going on and we yeah. watch them figuring it out. It's quite fun that way, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, it gives a sort of added layer to it. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, after last week's Animals, just, Justin's never going to be considered a principal character, is he? <laughs> It was shocking. Yeah, it was shocking watching animals one day yeah. and then seek, locate, destroy it the next day. We said during the Justin thing that they are polar opposites. It, it would be they? like if if Frank Herbert wrote the first Dune and then wrote the second one as a Janet and John book, mm. and it mm. was that level of jarringness. Yeah. Yeah, um, but just like yourself, before we did this podcast, it was Travis Mark One, and uh, it's still Travis Mark One for me. Yeah. Um, even though I appreciate what Brian was doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. To me, Travis Mark One is the, the the heavyweight hard nut Travis, whereas Travis Mark Two, lightweight's not the right word, but no, it's it, 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 it's a lighter character. He's the psycho. He's definitely yeah. the psycho. But but this guy, I mean, Stephen Greif, he he had quite a career of playing gangsters and dodgy types, didn't he? He did. Well, interestingly, somewhere in the in the run of the first season, uh, it had to be after this episode, but I couldn't exactly tell you when. There was a I don't remember Armchair Theatre. He mm-hmm. used to be on in the afternoons on ITV, uh, and if you were off school ill or whatever, like, you'd always sit and watch Armchair Theatre. And it was it was an anthology show, uh, not an anthology, but an anthology show in that every episode was different. It was a little a bit like play. Crown Court as well, wasn't yes, it? Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. It was different each week. And I remember there was one, and it was uh, it had uh, Stephen Greif in it as an assassin, and he has an umbrella gun, and he's going to. I can't remember who's going to assassinate. Could be the Queen. Could I don't remember that bit. But he's go- he's going to ass- assassinate this person, and the girl he's staying in this family home, and the girl that is the hero uh, blocks up the gun with plasticine, so it explodes and damages his uh, his eye and half his <laughs> face. And I remember as a kid watching this, going, "Oh my god, this is this is the uh, this is Travis's backstory." I did not know yeah. that at all. We'll have to hunt this down, yeah. see if it's on YouTube. And uh, or at least get photos of him in it. Yeah, it was. It was. I remember it was really good. He was very as um, uh, my. I remember we watched. It could have been this episode. Could have been the neck. It could have been Jewel. Not sure. But as my uncle, sort of so famously said, uh, he's a right bastard mm. <laughs> in a very approving way. Um, and he is. He's he's a, he's a magnificent beast. Yeah, and, and very watchable as well, isn't oh, he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're... I mean, he's given it his all. Yes, it yeah. All. See, I don't remember that armchair uh, theatre thing at all, but I do remember you might not him. Be off school, you see. Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah. You're not at work. Yes, maybe. 
maybe. But I do remember him in Citizen Smith. Yes, of course, yeah. You know, the sit- yeah, Harry sit- Fenning, situation yeah. comedy. Yeah, the, he was a pub landlord, right, Trotsky. wasn't he? But he, 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 he no, was he dodgy was, in there. Yeah. Well, he was, the local, he was the local gangster, wasn't he? he was the, but didn't he run a pub as yeah. well? Or he owned a pub or something. So. I've got, a pub. I'm not sure. I, I've, I've got a memory yeah. of a connection with a pub. But yeah, I mean, he, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a sitcom and it's like he's wandered in from uh, The Long Good Friday. Yeah. Or yeah, something, you know. I'm surprised uh, he wasn't in The Long Good Friday. I could totally see him in that. He he plays a, a bad man very well. Doesn't he, he does. He I don't does. know if he, he ever played the hero in anything, the, the good guy. He, he's, I know he's done a lot of Shakespeare. Whether they were Shakespearean heroes or not, I do not know. It's um, weird how some of our best actors, I mean, like Patrick Stewart, things like that, they've gone on to say, but they're good, and it seems to be because they had a grounded in Shakespeare. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it seems to give people a... Although Shakespeare I don't find believable at all <laughs> in the language or anything. It seems to give people a grounded in doing very yes. believable characters. Yes, yes, very much so. All right, well, I thought today um, we're going to touch on all these episodes, but yeah. mainly Seek, Locate, Destroy, because, as you say, it's a, a story we've never visited before. Yeah, we've never covered. All right. So let's go with that one. And um, so, yeah, um, I, there are many reasons for liking Seek, Locate, Destroy, of course. Um, and... I like it as well because it's good in that it not only gives us Travis, uh, it also gives you an insight into how the whole Federation is run. Yeah, and it's a very, very believable, realistic Federation at this point. Mm. There's so many little bits in this, like that, you know, Servalan uses her wiles and she's being very friendly to the other Federation officer and you get the feeling she, she you know, it, it, it's so well written. It's... Mm. You you could you could watch if you only ever see this episode you'd think this was a show about the Federation. Mm, mm. I mean, you you say watching visually, it's very good. I mean, this oh, yeah. base that we see to begin with, this hard, brutal-looking base, it's totally in keeping with what we know of the Federation up to this point, isn't it? Yeah, it's we're back to uh, sort of car parks and concrete, aren't we? And it's it's believable and in a very hard way that a set couldn't be. No, no. Okay, you got the robot in it, old Mister Cuddles. Yes. Um, I still for... don't. I still don't understand why you would have a robot that burns anything that moves in an open air situation. Yeah, then grabs Just, it yeah. after he's burnt yeah. it to investigate it. But to go, oh, I perhaps shouldn't have burnt that. <laughs> I don't mind it though. I mean, you, you, you know, it fits in. I mean, yeah. you know, this this clunky, chunky. We keep using the word analog, yeah. but yeah. It, uh, and don't forget, up to this point, the Federation's only enemies really have been slightly pathetic, haven't they? They've been malcontents. Pushovers. And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Blake's there as well, um, yes. as his villa with his picnic hamper. Yes, his picnic basket, um, which is weird because he opens it and it's just a load of old EMA tubes stuck in it. And then all the tools are just laid on top of the tubes. Yeah, they're not in the tubes. Yeah, no, they're not a- in the tubes. Absolutely. I, I think we should mention what EMA is. Oh, yeah. Uh, e- EMA. Do you remember what it stands for? It's uh, something, something associates. No it's idea. something modeling. Modern, uh, it's, no, it's something modeling associates. Yeah. But it, if, yeah, you've done our research. Yes, <laughs> it's a, a model making supply company, isn't yes. it? Still going. It, it is. Yes, still they, still going. Yeah, when, I mean, certainly when I first started in making models and that, 
this they were always talking of, spoken of in hushed tones by people like uh, Matt Irvin and that. And then you finally realise that they will sell to you as a mm. mere member of the public yeah. if you want to pay their minimum order. Which minimum order bad. plus VAT yeah. over the top of it. Yeah. I know uh, Martin Bauer uses them and boy does yeah. he grumble about yeah. the prices and the fact that they add VAT like, on top yeah. of it as well. And... Well, I can, I can remember like I had to really sort of save up and build up a big enough order to do their minimum order. Mm. And you know, and had EMA stuff kicking about for years after that from that oh, one yeah. order. Yeah. The ore carrier in Star One that crashes into yeah. the Nova Queen. I've I've made a um, you, you know studio uh, uh, accurate version, and yeah. yes, indeed, it uses EMA parts. But I only needed about five EMA parts, yeah. so <laughs> I'd have bolstered my order up with tons of stuff that I don't really need, elliptical domes and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but you yes, sort of, yeah, it's it, it's. If, they, if you want to make, if you want a shape out of plastic that's decent and doable, they'll do it, won't they, really? Yes, yeah. And and that's, as you say, in this hamper, they are grey plastic tubes from EMA, yes. um, basically drain pipes. Um, yeah. um, um, you can get various size. Somebody, obviously, in the props department, they had a load of this tubing in various sizes. Let's saw them up and stick them in this picnic hamper and put the tools on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know um, why they're on top. That I bugged, don't know why they're on top. me yesterday. It's like, oh. Did you know that picnic hamper is still unknown, by the way? Really? People haven't actually been able to source it. It was a picnic hamper or a call box yeah. of its what? time. I'm, I'm not surprised because they probably would have gone and bought the cheapest call box you can get. So mm-hmm. it, it probably was a, like a flybernite company mm. that's produced yeah. it amongst They got it stuff. down the market yeah. or something. yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. But I do love this base. I mean, I like all the pipework of the base and everything. Um, And I wish they had used it more. I think I know the reason why they didn't use it more, but I'll I'll save that for later. Um, But it is kind of spoilt by that bog standard gate. Yeah, well, at least they have Villa make mention, because Blake says, should we just nip over it? And Villa sort of says there's every surveillance device in the world watching it. Um, Yes. It's a shame they didn't have every surveillance device in the world watching it and just to the side of it because then they would have seen Blake and uh, Villa stood there. Um, I like, yeah, yeah. I, I like the control pad at the side, apart yeah. from the torch head, which is stuck right above the box. Yes. I don't know why they bothered to stick a torch head on the front because that's what it looks yeah. like. It does, it looks like a torch head. And there might be a torch head to light it up at night. You mm. don't know. Mm. Um, this is interesting as well because this is, this is still early enough that they're having Villa try and explain, even in techno babble, what he's doing rather than just that he was a magic lock. Yes. Picker that he yes. wants to come later on. Um, and yeah. when he describes the stuff, it's, he's describing it as if it's so futuristic. And you're thinking, yeah, the, the gate down being Q has that now, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is dated a bit. Yeah. Um, I love the just... way he says, he goes, uh, you, you put a record of yourself on the on the main computer. And then when you say, <laughs> yes, we know how that works. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't have then. You would, that would have been futuristic. It, it was futuristic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, we've got the robot comes back. And I love A the way Blake, robot, yeah, yeah. Blake hides from the robot by just laying down. Yeah. Which shows how useless a robot is. <laughs> Can't look down, can it? It's, it's crap. It is very crap. Villa! Has it gone? How did you get in there? There isn't a lock I can't open, if I'm scared enough. You're scared enough for that one? What do you think? (laughs) 
hours of work. Anybody authorized to go to the gate has a physio-psycho pattern registered in the central computer. Hold this. When he wants to go through, this scans him and feeds the reading back to the computer. All you've got to do is intercept the feedback from the computer. Now you stand in front and I'll press the scan button. Retrieval system, no record. Refusal signal, now. Nice going. Any very talented person could have done it. Come on. You say about Villa's tools, they, they look all right. I, Ooh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what they are, but we don't ever see them again, I don't think. These ones, yeah. anyway. They just, they look, they're obviously, I, I imagine they're probably not made from scratch. They're, they've just found some bits and bobs of something else that looked apart, mm. which always looks better, I think, than if someone makes something from scratch, because it tends to be over-designed. Mm. Whereas this is just, you know, sort of, it looks like, I mean, it could be a tire gauge, it could be anything, couldn't it, that he's using? Mm. Yeah. And you can tell this is an early episode because um, when you see the, 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 this, this base um, in a wide shot, you've got a matte painting in the background of more domed yeah. buildings, haven't you? Yeah, and, and, the effort of it. It's a really lovely painting. And yeah. did you notice later on where you see the troopers running uh, along the front there and you've got that in the background? If you look, you can see the glass because it's oh, a right. matte painting actually yeah. painted on glass. It's a glass shot. And then the camera, you know, is is positioned in front of the glass and it's lined up just so that those domes are in, in the background there. And, yeah, you can see a little bit of reflection on the glass. Oh, that's quite nice, that, man. I like that. No, no, no. It's old school, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we've got um, Villa going up to the two guards and yeah. we've got the, hello there, I'm an escaped prisoner bit, don't we? Yeah, which is... It's, is now such a trope in stuff that it comes off as a bit silly. Mm. But uh, I suppose then it was quite a new idea, wasn't it? You can see how crappy the weather is because oh, they're soaked, awful, those yeah. Federation guards. The, 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 the rain is like has drenched them. Good job they're waterproof, those bell staffs. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and it is, yeah. Actually, they were probably the only people that were, yeah, were not, comfortable. not too bad in the, in the rain. Yeah, and they get knocked out um, um, by Blake and Villa. And again... Now we're making costumes and stuff like that. Yeah. Nice uh, shot of the Derry Boots treads as, yes. as they're lying there. And uh, we find out that they're there to blow up the cipher room. Yes, yeah. Now The, the Kentaro cipher room. Yes. Now the story before this was Time Squad, yep. where they were going to blow up a base on Soria Major. These are just terrorist attacks, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean later on in the story where they, you know, where, um, they, go, they say, let's just go and destroy a base one for Cali sort of thing. And it's like, you're just, yeah, you're just terrorists at this point. You're just point. blowing things up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This isn't overthrowing the Federation. No. Or overturning the Federation. This is blowing people up. And of course, you know, we don't know this base. Okay, it's a Federation base. You could have civilians in this base. I imagine base. there are civilians there, yeah. Yeah, it's the whole Death Star thing yeah. again, isn't it? Yeah. And I imagine the, uh, the, the, the guards, the troopers, they're probably not volunteers. No, no. You know, yeah. This is this is because um, there, there was always an argument, wasn't there, in fandom of you know Blake, you know freedom fighter or terrorist, and I. It depends on your point of view, but certainly here he's more terrorist than freedom fighter. Mm -hmm. There's no plan to what he's doing. Mm. Well, here, here we go. Let's get into the story properly because the others come down all but Jenna, 
all in their colour-coordinated uh, yes, space anoraks, yeah, yeah, including yeah, yeah, Avon. Yeah, yeah. Avon. It's the only time Avon wears his grey yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, he's got like a blue and grey one, hasn't he? I don't know why he never wore that again. I don't know if Paul Darrow ruined it or something, because be. after this, he's just in Baker foil, isn't he? Yeah. Well, none of these seem to have survived at all, do they? So, mm. perhaps they were easily wrecked. Mm. Perhaps he mm. just didn't like it. I don't know. I don't know. What, what? And you'd rather have Baker foil over that? Well, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't personally, but yeah. so they, they they go in. They uh, they they overcome the uh, technicians and the one solitary yeah. trooper. Um, I don't know why Callie's given the job of of guarding them. Why 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 didn't Gan guard them? Yeah, what's Gan doing? I mean, they need him later on, but they don't know that at the time. Mm. So yeah, unless they thought there's pointless having Gan guard them because he can't do anything. Well, it's interesting. Oh, that's a good point. One, he wouldn't yeah. be able to fire his weapon, would he? Yeah, well, he hasn't got his weapon on him. He's the only one not wearing a weapon. Oh, really? He didn't? Yeah. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, why give him a weapon? He yeah. can't sh use it. Oh, I'd never thought about yeah. that. That's he a could, good idea. Good, good point. So the, yeah, so this, is, this shows that the, the limiter side was, you know, thought of very, very early on. It wasn't just an afterthought. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, he's a fairly useful. I mean, we always, we always berate poor Gan, don't we? Mm. Um, and it's nothing. When we're berating Gan, we're berating the character. We're not berating the actor. No, no, you know, no, he's no a very good actor. Same with all the characters. Yeah, we're not having exactly, a go at the yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Gan's a fairly useless character hmm. uh, to have about, really, other than for intimidation. I don't think he's that intimidating, is he? No, or to pull a bit of aluminium back, which is yes. what he's going to do yeah. later on. Um, these technicians and the trooper they're put up against the wall and Cali guards them. The, the yeah. guy called Prell seems to be about the bravest because he's the one who yeah. attempts a couple of times well, to he, get something. He seems to be in charge, doesn't he? Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. But the others are setting their clockwork timers. I like the way, yeah. again, the, the, the bombs are clockwork. I love as well that uh, Gan goes down the corridor and you can see him thinking... Where shall I put this? Oh, yeah, on the metal plate that's handily stuck on the wall. It is, it is yeah. so obvious that yeah. that's a bit of metal that they've, like, yeah. drilled onto the wall, so that will stick to it, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, dear. <laughs> <coughs> oh, well. Um, so, where am I? I've, I've, I've moved, moved my thing. Yeah, um, Callie's knocked out, isn't she? Uh, she is, they overpower. Yes. And, and Yeah, I mean, as much as... I, mean, I love uh, uh, Jan Chappelle, uh, but... I don't know whether it's the fact they just couldn't rehearse enough for this sort of thing, or but she doesn't. Her movements do not come across in any way, shape, or form of a, a freedom fighter. Freedom fighter, no. Person that's had any training. It comes no. across like a, a school teacher yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah. So she gets knocked out and tricked by the easy, almost saying, "Look over there." Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. No. It's not very good. No. And, and that solitary trooper is left to guard her. Yes. Oh, um, he's got a magnificent moustache. He has. Uh, I've got nice tash. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that. That. That's truly a seventies tash. Yes. You know. Um, he, but the trouble is, he. Um, his tash is his downfall, isn't it? He turns around to preen it and gets knocked on the head. Well, he stops to check mm. Callie's weapon first, doesn't he? Yes, I love that, that they're, they're, they're showing that, that, what is this? Yeah. And later on when they, he ha uh, Prowl hands it to, or one of the other people hands it to Travis, and Travis is looking at it like, hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, when we get to that scene, there's some absolutely stonking acting from Stephen Greif there that yeah. gives it realism. <laughs> really right. good. Well, well, we'll talk about that yeah. soon. But I like the way he takes his helmet off. There's no need for him to take his helmet no. off, you know? Um, but he does, and he, yeah, but, but Cully knocks him out, but she can't find her teleport bracelet. Yes. And uh, yeah, These teleport bracelets prove to be uh, 
not the best design, do they? they not when you're really, really into mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and they teleport up as the bombs go off. Yes. And, but but she's unconscious in the debris. And it's now the first instance of this rubbish not noticing that somebody's come yeah. back up. So that all communication between Federation units is sent by hyperspace subbeam That originates here and here. All messages are converted into Zeta-3 particles and then scrambled. They, in their turn, become an unbreakable code. Unbreakable, unless you have one of those. As soon as I get this linked into our communication setup, we should be able to read every message that the Federation puts out. Any sign of the interceptors? We picked up a whole flock of them. But we should outrun them in seven hours. It's almost too easy, isn't it? A lot can happen in seven hours, so I suggest we get back to business. Avon, I want you to make a start with that. Callie can help you. Where is Callie? Anybody see where she went? Has anybody seen her since she came back on board? I haven't seen her. Neither have I. Then she's still down there. We've got to get back. We can't. The interceptors... We can't just leave her there. Please, listen. If she didn't come back up, then she must have been in the building when the charges blew. She's dead. And anyway, the place will be crawling with security forces by now. They'll be on full alert. We'd never even get through their interceptors. Listen! If you turn this ship round, you will kill all of us. There could have been a better way of doing that. I don't know how, but just to not have anyone notice. It's like, ooh, they're all giddy school children... They've got their safe It could be. Yeah. You, you could get round it by saying, you know, the interceptor rockets have been fired. So as soon as they teleport up, Jenna's yeah. like, quick, we need to get out of here. I can't do it by myself. We need to move. And they yeah. all run. And in the rush, they realize that, you know, Callie hasn't come up as or well. Or even they beam up. They immediately notice that she's not there and go, right, beam me back down. We're, mm. Rockets have been launched. We've got to get out of it. That would have been all right. Because mm. I mean, we we show in other episodes that Gan is very uh, very concerned for the rest of the crew when they in situations like this. The fact that he wouldn't notice, mm. you know, it's it's a bit it's a bit plot convenient. Yeah, it's a bit silly because yeah, these these interceptor rockets have been fired and it's like seven hours to yeah. outrun them, um, and they only notice that Callie's not there when Blake uh, says uh, can Callie can help Avon with this yeah. decoder. Um, and and again, he gets he gets annoyed at other people. That's he? what I was going to say. Whenever yeah. this happens, he gets cross yeah. with the others. He he never takes the responsibility of it on himself. I mean, he's no. their leader. You know, when they come up out of a life or death situation like that, turn around, make sure all your uh, crew are okay. Don't have get angry ever, with the other yeah. people. Have you ever like gone shopping somewhere and all your kids go off and you come back to the car and you've driven halfway down the road and go, oh, the youngest, oh. No, you don't, do you? No, you don't. You don't. All right. I think maybe this might be the very first strong instance when Avon, um, you know, as a goer at Blake, because it's the whole, if you turn this ship around, you'll kill all of us. Yeah, Avon is, you can can already see Avon's patience for Blake's nonsense is absolutely It's gone. (laughs) Again, really nice bit of acting from Paul Darrow. Oh yes, yeah. yes, it's really superb stuff, and yeah, you you'd get the feeling even now that you know a- Avon was willing to put up with this rubbish. 
But now, mm. no, 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 no. The honeymoon period's over, Definitely. even if it was there to begin with. All right, um, and and there, there, there we are. There we have it. The, our very first shot of Space Command. Yeah, with some good. lovely music yeah. as we get that sideways. Very, we've said before, it's a very two thousand and one shot. The way the camera just moves left and, to right to and also take the, it the in. Lighting is very two thousand one. Yes, sing, yeah. single source lighting. Um, we get to know this shot well, though, don't we? We do, but yeah, the first time, you know, that, that must have been impressive the first time we saw that. Uh, we go inside and we have our very first view ever of Servalan. Yeah, does um, she look young? She looks like, and I don't think she's ever looked better. You know, she, she she's very yeah. beautiful in this. She is. Um, Although Anne did say her, she didn't approve of her, her dress this time. It looked silly. <laughs> No, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, we've been up close to the dragonfly, haven't yeah, we? Yes, this is yes, subtle yes. compared to oh, the dragonfly. Yes. yes. But there she is, looking beautiful. There's also Rontaine and Burkle. Yep. Men we've in talked tabards, about this. Yes. Yeah. Men in tabards. Uh, we've talked about this scene before yeah. on and the again, Rontaine this, uh, Yeah, we mentioned episode. before, this, this adds so much to the, the whole universe with the way they're talking. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not it's there for a reason and it's acted in a specific way for a reason and it's it's really really clever and really good and it it just you're immediately the the federation is fleshed out with no no cost implications mm. you know but you know you know what's happening you know yep. the situation it, it's a realistic situation very well you know, acted yeah serverland at this point is not in charge no it's no. very much feels the new girl She's answerable to these guys yeah, because yeah, they are representing yeah. the, 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 the president, you know. Um, and John, what's his face? The guy who plays Burkle. Yes. You know, his acting is really good. We're saying yeah. that he, he warns her that Blake is becoming a legend and yeah. something's got to be done about it. And I do love uh, uh, Peter Miles' uh, line there. He says, this one man, this one lucky, lucky man. man. It's, it's the way really, he raises yeah. his eyebrows yeah. when he says lucky yeah, you know? he's he's just he's judged Serverland on that completely. Oh, they've got her, you know. They, oh, yeah. That, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I I do love the fact that when they sort of say, "Oh, um, she goes, I've going to appoint a space commander, and his his only remit will be to hunt down Blake, nothing else." Blah blah blah. And they go, "Oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Who is it?" And it's Travis. May we know like, his name? <laughs> yeah, may we know his name. Any damage to the Federation is attributed to Blake. The smallest incident is exaggerated out of all proportion until it becomes a major event. Blake is becoming a legend. His name is a rallying call for malcontents of all persuasions. He must be stopped. Gentlemen, I share the President's grave concern, and I am aware of the danger should Blake become a legend. But let us keep this matter in its correct perspective. It is true that Blake has command of a superb space vehicle, but he is just a man backed by a handful of criminals, and that is all. He is not invulnerable, nor is he superhuman. He is just a man who has been extremely lucky to evade capture so far. With respect, Supreme Commander, we are aware of the facts. They are simply that with all the resources that the Federation can call upon, this one vulnerable, lucky man is still free to cause havoc. You have some criticism of my handling of this matter, Secretary Rontaine? Not at all. I hoped merely to convey the concern shown by the President when he briefed me for this visit. It would be very helpful to all of us if we knew if you could indicate what action you will now be taking against me. Very well, Councillor Burkhardt. 
You may tell the President that I am appointing a space commander to take absolute control of this matter. He will be exclusively concerned to seek, locate, and destroy Blake. Oh, excellent. Excellent. May we know the officer's name? Yes, you may. Space Commander Travis. I understood that Travis had been suspended from duty, pending an inquiry into the massacre of the civilians on the planet Oros. And I have satisfied myself that Travis acted correctly in this matter. The civilian deaths on Oros were unavoidable. Um, there are other incidents on his record, um, unfortunate incidents. He has caused the administration some political embarrassment in the past. Uh, in dealing with even minor insurrections, he has been... Uh, Overzealous? Oh, don't be afraid of the word, Secretary. Ruthless. Committed. He does his duty as he sees it, and he sees it clearly. He has no time for the dirty grey areas of your politics. <laughs> I'm sure you're right, and of course the appointment is made on your judgment and uh, your responsibility. Responsibility is something I have never evaded. Space Commander Travis is like... Oh, and it, but it's not. It's not that they're they're not worried that that he's going to do anything stupid, other than the fact that it'll embarrass the yeah. the the government, which is great because it means the government can still be embarrassed. Can be embarrassed, yeah. yeah. And again, the acting is great because oh, you know Rontaine, yeah. he, he he sort of like sits up a bit at the word Travis, and Burkle looks to Rontaine, you know, to see his reaction. Yeah. You know? See, in the in the the novelization, it's. It's very. It's portrayed that uh, they're terrified that she's appointed Travis. That Travis mm. scares them, and it's like no, there's. It's there's, the there's embarrassing. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's not. There's not much unusual about Travis at this point. He's. He's just like they say, and he's a little bit overzealous. Yeah, it's like having an uncle, yeah. uh, an uncle who's like the family drunk. And yes. you're just embarrassed by him, so therefore you don't want to invite him to any parties exactly, yeah. because of yeah. what he'll do. You know, he's not any danger. He's just yeah. an embarrassment. He might behave, but he probably won't. Yeah. He's unpredictable. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's a good word. That is exactly what they're worried about, is the fact that Travis is unpredictable. Mm. Well, we said in the Tharnia yeah. episode, I mean, almost yeah. at the end of Travis Mark II, um, Serverland still couldn't second-guess yeah. him. He was still unpredictable yeah. then. Such yeah, a great character. Yeah, I mean, you say, yeah, in the novel, yeah, it, it, it comes across uh, more. But here, it, it's just a few lines. But we yeah. we also find out that he's be, been suspended over a massacre of civilian, civilians on the planet Auros. Yeah, they really build up, before you even see Travis, they really build up this character to the point where you're... Oh my God! Who is this going to be? Mm. It's yeah, cle clever scripting again. Really it is building him up because yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, he's uh, Serverland backs him. He's ruthless. She says, yeah. "Oh, don't mince words. Use the right yeah. words." He's ruthless and dedicated. And we also find out there's been other incidents as yes, well as yeah. this thing. This you isn't know. the first incident. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's really clever. And you know, when when she's talking to the other Federation officers as well, and they're they're sort of fleshing in a little bit of the backstory, and it's that Travis believes in total war and that you don't stop being an enemy just because you surrendered. It's just a very, very fascist viewpoint. But you almost sort of think, well, for this Federation, that's probably the right viewpoint to take. Mm, mm, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, this this relationship between Servalan and Ray. You know? Yeah, oh, it's, it's fascinating. And in the compilation, this bit's cut out, isn't it? It's, I seem to remember. Mm. Um it does, it casts an entirely different light on Serverland. 
Well? Senior echelon officers all know that Travis is coming. But I've made no secret of it. Is it wise? They know that he has been stripped of his rank and authority, that he has no status now, and that he stands a good chance of being dismissed to service. Ray, Space Commander Travis is the subject of a military inquiry. He was ordered to suppress an attack on Oros. The man is a butcher. He continued with his attack after the total surrender. The death toll was horrifying. Travis is an advocate of total war. He carries out his orders with meticulous thoroughness. An enemy does not cease to be an enemy simply because it has surrendered. That's the philosophy of an assassin, not a Federation officer. I must tell you that there are those among your officers who will not serve with Travis or take orders from him. There's something more here, isn't there? I won't say it's romantic, but there's definitely there's this heavy flirting going on. She's there is affection her... there, yeah, isn't yeah. there? Is. Because... And, and if you watch it without the not later knowledge of Serverland, yeah, I, I, was, I thought that exact thing. I thought, if, you, if all you saw was this, then Serverland comes across as quite a caring... Mm. Uh, boss character, yeah, she's got affection for her staff, she doesn't want them upset, right? and then you just get that little tweak at the end where she's like, okay, stuff you then, because mm. they, it, especially, because he goes that one step too far, doesn't he, and says, uh, the men are not going to take orders, take orders, and that's mm. like, oh, you've crossed the line there, mate. Yeah, 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 because, yeah, I was thinking in this first bit, you know, he, he can speak off the record yeah. because because he knows that she's got affection for him that gives yeah. him the boldness to talk to his superior in this way yeah you know? she sort of, she says oh come on come and sit over here come on ray come on yeah. come sit down yeah and then she's she's pawing him the whole time isn't she she's sort of playing with his uniform and his shoulder mm. and it, it, it's it's very sexual and it's very like you say it's it, it's not the serverland that she that, becomes to be. That, that she, she will become. fed up with all these idiots mm. that are around yeah. <laughs> What do you think happened to Ray? Uh, I think eventually he got airlocked or ice pick in the back, didn't he, I reckon. Do you think? Yeah. He would have yeah. gone the way of lights. I think so, because he um, he presumably has secrets on Serverland that she couldn't allow mm. to come out. So. And she would jettison him. I mean, as oh, you yeah. say, in a minute, you know, she does start turning... Um, because he questions her choice of Travis. Travis is yeah. a butcher, and he had carried on his attack after the surrender. And that line that you said earlier, the thing about, you know, an enemy doesn't cease to be an enemy after it's surrendered. Yeah. And he's appalled by that. He says that's yeah. the philosophy of an assassin, not a Federation not officer. Because yeah. this is early day Federation. We've said this time and time again, that there is some military takeover. And this is yeah. pre that, isn't it? Yeah, there's a hardline takeover. And this is this is almost, this could almost be the military now, mm. isn't it? It's, it's professional soldiers doing what needs to be done. Um, Who yeah, are accountable. No, yeah, yeah, definitely accountable. That if they step too far, they'll be slapped down or court-martialed. Mm. You know, if they if they go too far and embarrass the government, they're going to their command is going to be pulled up on it. Um, very very believable. These mm. are not these are not people wearing disco belts doing backflips in a quarry, are they? You've nicked my note. <laughs> I've yeah, got, I, I, I had that comparison later yeah, on when I was okay. watching this. It's like yeah. it's not some assaulting Federation troopers yeah, in a sand sandpit. No, no, no. But yeah, he is emboldened. He does say there. I should think you should know there are officers who won't serve with Travis nor take yeah. orders from him, and that's when she slaps him down. 
Um, not only does she slap him down, she also says he is now senior officer of that space station. Yeah. That's the only time that's really mentioned, it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that doesn't really come into anything, does it? It's, yeah, he's in charge of the space station. Yeah, so Ray goes off with his tail between his legs, but not yep. before doing a Nazi hill click. Yeah, I As imagine he goes he's one. straight off down the canteen to badmouth Serverland, isn't he? <laughs> I reckon. Well, a little bit later, Travis's ship has docked. Yes. Um, and he's barged past, and he's on his way up. Yeah, I love this. Because <laughs> he's late, isn't he? He should yes. have been there like an hour ago. So when he turns up, Serverland, she she tries to do that, that tit-for-tat office manager's type behaviour. So, oh, I'll make him wait. Mm-hmm. But, don't work and it doesn't work on him because because <laughs> travis has he doesn't even understand this sort of bullshit does he he's right. it's a job's got to be done let's get yep. on and do it yeah yeah it's a really good character study i i'm i think after that very first beautiful reveal of the liberator this is my uh second favorite introduction to anything in blake seven yes it's commander travis I told him he was to wait, but he just pushed past me. He's on his way up. I tried to stop him. Very well. Space Commander, it is good to see you. Your aide said I was to wait. He was obviously mistaken. He doesn't realize the urgency of the matter. These are your orders. Destroy Blake. Depend on it. You've got dramatic music, and all we first see of him is his gun hand yeah. and a bit of buttock. Yes. You know, and he stops at Serverland's desks. He's got his hand on his hips. Yes, Travis's but, magnificent buttock. Yeah, and again, we haven't seen him yet. We hear him say about, yeah. oh, the man told me I, he, I had to wait. Um, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And... Um, you, you again. You don't see him. Um, she hands him a piece of paper. He picks it up, and that's when we first see him as he reads his orders and says, "Are these your orders?" Yeah, yes? it's very, very cleverly edited. You're right. The introduction. It's it's almost a it's almost a, a, a James Whale style play on it, isn't it? Where you don't see him, you don't see him, you don't see, him, and then you see him. Mm. I think this is this is possibly my one of my favourite. Uh, lines from Travis, which is where uh, he, so she gives him a bit of paper and he says, are these your orders? And he goes, something like, you know, I want Blake eliminated. And he goes, depend on it. Yes. <laughs> there's no, it's, it's not bravado or anything. No, it's like, there's no emotion yeah. in it. It's no. like, of course. And again, as we said, in, in any real world situation where Blake hasn't got the hero you know, exemption card, Travis would have won straight away. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it, it, it's, I'd, I'd love to see an alternate version of this where travis wins straight away because he does he does everything correctly and he does it all methodically and he does everything yep. right <laughs> and it still yep. doesn't work for the poor right. sod now you you are uh a travis mark two guy yes but do you prefer the travis mark one outfit to the travis two mark outfit I... mark two outfit I, I, this is a good question because because Anne was sort of mentioning his outfit because I've I've often told a story about they got it from a sex shop and mm-hmm. when he first appears she sort of says yeah you can see 
you know, it, it, she, she, she thought it was weird the way it, it doesn't flatter his figure at all. But that sort of fits the character. He don't care. He no. couldn't give a monkey's. Um, but I, I used to love this outfit. And I, I, I even, I said after the episode, I said to Anne, should I make one? Should I get some leather out and make one? She said, yeah, go for it. Um, but I love Travis Mark too. I love that material that he wears. And I love, I think he looks, he looks more military. This isn't a military style uniform. Um, and I think Travis Mark one might have been more, I don't know. I, I, I'd love to. See, I'd love to see Stephen Grafe in a. Or perhaps this is a Mark opportunity to see Travis's head on a bell staff uniform body, and I wonder mm. if that would look. Re- that I think that would be a much stronger. And it's not aged well the uniform that he wears in the first one. So when I was a kid, I used to think this was this was the height of masculine, you know, testosterone. Ah, this is. My, and you look at it now and think, oh, it's all very camp. It you is know, very he's camp. Got Elizabethan I mean... shoulder pads and. And it's leather and and uh, uh, ribbed woolen material. It's not, yeah. It is well made, yeah. though. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. you can now tell with it, DVDs, yeah. you can study that. And yeah, the, as you say, yeah. the, uh, the the wooden, you know, uh, wooden, the woolen uh, yeah. material on the collar and that it, it's blooming yeah. well made. And Again, you can see that it's they had real money leather. Then. Yeah, yeah. It's it's superbly well made and it's very detailed. It's not just a a knock up quickly uniform this is i imagine it probably cost more than some of the actors did on this show mm, uh, mm. it it would be a hard one to make but i think mm. I, I i sort of i want to have a go at it i think i don't know where you'd ever wear it have you ever seen anybody uh, cosplay no. as travis no not, nor have i and i think this no. might be the reason yeah maybe travis mark ii you can find a similar material yeah if, but... you, if you could find the material or make the material because it's like a gathered sort of um satin style stuff i the actual the the shape and the the, the cut of travis mike too is very simple very straight simple mm. lines this one is is it's busy isn't it yeah it's, it's so many panels even his um even his uh triangular chest plate you look at it and there's so much going on in that chest mm. plate it's like murals yeah. in the background and little starscapes yeah. and yeah, this is it's it's a superbly made costume. Yeah, and of course this is Barbara Lane. It's Barbara Lane yeah. who was the costume designer for season one, and she yes took Stephen Greif and some of the others. I mean, um, Avon's uh, red leather outfit yeah. came from this yeah uh, sex shop in the King's Road. It's um, weird to think that probably back then getting stuff made in leather wasn't it wasn't prohibitive, whereas even now getting anything made in leather. I mean, even like. Mad Max, as you know. I was just know, about to say, Mad Max, there was one ones, leather yeah. one and everybody else was PVC, yeah, weren't they? That's it. And I think that's why, I mean, there's not, there are some sort of fan uh, costume creators that can work in leather, but it's a very hard thing to work in. It's a very, a very different discipline to working in anything else. Mm. But it's, it's impressive, though. And he, he looks like he's the only one that would be nice and comfy on location. Do you know? Do you know the story of that? Uh, I mean, you said, "Oh, how Anne said, oh, it's not very flattering for him." Yeah. It would have been less flattering. Did you know that built into that costume there is a corset? Really? Yeah, because Stephen Greif oh, says that you know. As it is. No, he he said back in yeah. back in the day then he had a a, a, um, a chubby period, so yeah. a, a corset was actually built into it as well. So yeah, yeah. it would have been less flattering. <laughs> um, the eye patch, the eye yeah. patch. Well, it's, it's not, not really an eye, eye patch, patch, is it? It's, not, it's not season one. Missing, yeah. 
I, I, I've always thought, you know, that, yeah, that, that gun blast, I don't know how Blake did it, because he said he shot at Travis, yeah. and, and he seems to have blown his hand off and half his face off with one shot. Well, which you could do, because if... if or if Travis he put his sees, hand yeah, up. exactly. If he's he gone put to his hand himself up. And pfft, yeah. Blown, and I like to think that it's blown half his head off, you know, and then uh, Maria has run, you know, gone to him and, and applied whatever field dressing mm. solution they, they have to have in half your head missing. Um, yeah, it, it, again, there's so much realistic detail in this that you don't... I mean, Travis Mike 2, that's the one thing with Travis Mike 2 that I think lets it down every single time is that eye patch is so bloody crappy. Yeah, it, literally it looks like it. a pirate's eye yeah, patch, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, it's a piratey eye patch, but it's literally, it looks like a piece of bin liner mm-hmm. double-sided tape to his face. So as soon as he starts sweating, it starts to pull off. Mm. I'd love to have seen Brian Croucher with the, the Travis Mark 1 eyepiece. Mm. I, I guess it was a time cool. thing, wasn't it? That's why they yeah. reduced well, if you look, it. Yeah, if you look at it, like say it goes under, it goes under his hairline, mm. and so obviously all that side, the hair on the side is fake. So I don't think they could have used it because he's got a very Romanesque hairstyle, hasn't he? And it's very yes. swept forward, very short. Yes. Whereas uh, Brian's was a bit, uh, a bit yep. uh, buffon. <laughs> Presumably, also they took a cast of Stephen Grice. They would have had to. I would have thought, yeah. Forehead area and eye area, yeah. so it, so it, it would have only fitted much, him. Does it? Yeah, no, it no, no, no. But you say field dressing. I get a feeling all they had after that battle uh, was molten plastic or something. Yeah. They actually sealed it, stopped it bleeding yeah. with well, some it, material that's adhered itself to his, yeah, I, to his I face. Think you're right. I, to me, it reminds me of the old, someone's hand gets cut off, so in old times they would just dunk it in a bucket of tar. Stick it in tar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, Maybe that's the look they were going for. Immediately means that you get no pain from it. You can <clears> do anything you want once you're... Yeah, you're right in yeah. five or minutes. Or if, if, if you're uh, Ash from Evil Dead, a bit of duct tape. <laughs> Fine. Um, but yeah it, i i think you're right it was it, they've just slathered something on his face to stop the bleeding yeah but and again i like this conversation between the two of them when she says what about your face and he's like my face does it bother you and yeah. she finds it she finds it unpleasing and he's like i've got no time to get it sorted out you know i'm an officer i'm not like a, a, yeah. one of your fancy I'm not one boys of your decorative staff officers yeah, yeah it's yeah, brilliant yeah. It, and it it again adds so much to the character he he has no time for this. He's got a job to do. He's not. He's not a poncy, uh, you know. He's he's not a brass hat, is he? He's he's a, a field officer. He's dread. Yeah. Versus the chief judge. He's yeah. He's he's got a job to do, and he's going to do it. And he don't care. It's nice that again you get your first inkling that Servalan can be brutally honest, isn't it? Because she mm. says it's displeasing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I also like the fact that he says that uh, once you've seen me, you won't forget me. Yeah, you wouldn't forget yeah. me in a hurry. <laughs> Which, uh, when you see Travis Mark II trying to be, you know, in disguise with a cowboy hat on yeah. and things like that, it makes a mockery of that somewhat, but there you go. <laughs> Imagine Travis Mark I disguised himself in a cowboy hat and a poncho. <laughs> Can't really do it. <laughs> It'll be ridiculous. Yeah. But no, he looks terrific. This is a, a, a terrific character with a terrific look. You, you say, yeah, he's got very Roman-style hair, uh, all black, with his black one eye, with his black eye patch. He's just yeah. all... He is the man in black, isn't he? He's the man in black. Do you think at this point it's just his hand that's robotic? Because later mm. on we know that it's his whole arm. Because Anne raises an interesting point later on when it gets damaged and he, he's wincing in pain. Yes. And she goes, why is he feeling pain? It's a robot arm. 
I'm saying, hey, not here, it's not. Yeah. And he only grabs the hand. He doesn't grab yeah. the arm, does he? Yeah, mm. it makes more sense. And it, like you say, if he was shielding his face and got the, you know, his hand shot off. Mm. Yeah. What do you make of his ring? Oh, I love it. Do you like it? It's a bit. I do. I, I mean, it's very seventies. Yeah. It's very seventies. It's it's obviously a bit of yellow tat off of a yeah. old. It it reminds me of Blackadder when uh, George started making green instead of gold. Yes, I've made <laughs> it green. Me of, yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got a ring of luxurious green. Green. Yeah, it reminds me of that. It's not because it because for some reason as as a kid, I thought the ring was the gun. Right. I thought that was his gun, but of course it's not. He sort of says he shows it's his fingers. Um, the, the gun there's a gun built through here um, yeah so I don't know what he's wearing the ring for in these early days he's got to cock it he's got to arm yeah, it yeah he does he that, the thumb, that thumb thing to like wind it up doesn't he yes really, yes yeah 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 yeah. Um, Travis do you think that's his first name is it his second name is that um, his only name they they bought I, I wish I could remember they bought it up at Maximum Power didn't they and didn't Stephen Grove oh, did say they? something about yeah he said something about uh, that that Travis only had Travis because it's a very military thing. You don't generally you don't think of military men as first name surname, um, and I can't remember whether he said there was meant to be a Travis name. I think there was, and it was something stupid. Um, oh, really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. But it yeah, worked. So I mean, Travis is a good name. Um, yeah, I like Travis. Yeah, and that's all we know about him. All we mm. know, I mean, from Travis Mark II in Duel is when he says, "I've been in the military all my." adult yeah. life that's all we yeah, know about him we don't know about a partner we don't know about his family brothers sisters or he's, anything he's classic career military and he? he's mm. he's got no time for a family i mean that would have been awful if they'd have if if this if blake seven was remade you know that there'd be a full backstory for travis he'd have a family his wife once got killed and that's why you, you don't need any of that he's just He's a military man doing his job. He'll be like the Punisher yeah. in the Marvel comics, yeah. you know. His, yeah. his wife and kid were killed by Blake. Yes. And he got injured. But but, but it was actually a mis- it was a mistake. Blake didn't kill him. Blake was trying to but save he thinks him, but so, he doesn't yeah. know that. So, oh, Mr. yeah, you'd get all that sort of nonsense. Yeah, you don't need it. It's like, no. uh, Blake's a terrorist. He's an enemy of the state. Good enough for me. I'm going to yeah. go and get him. And that's all it Depend is. Depend on nothing, it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's a, a little bit of personal thing because he he knows that Blake shot his eye out. Um, but even even if that wasn't there, I don't. I think he would still put the same amount of effort in. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's his job. Yeah, yeah. He's a All professional. Right. Yes. Well, we go back to the Liberator, and uh, they've got the decipher machine working. That's it. Now, feed that into the cipher control. And there it is. Under the circumstances, it would have been a great pity if it hadn't worked. Gav, basic unscrambler. What are you getting? Just routine movement orders, statistical information. I'll rig a selective data link into their battle computers. It'll be useful background information. We should monitor what we're getting. We'll need a rotor of some sort. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> we should know more about the Federation than the President. <laughs> I presume there's a recall record. It's all going on to microtape. You've done a good job, Aiden. Thank you. At least I'll know what the Federation is planning. Just a minute. Something? A message beamed into Kentaro. But we've just destroyed their communication space. They're using emergency frequencies. What's the message? Some flight clearance. 
priority space wave for a ship going in from space headquarters. The Supreme Commander requests that all personnel give maximum cooperation to the incoming officer. Does he give his name? Space Commander Travis. Travis? Do you know him? I thought he was dead. I was sure I'd killed him. Yes. It doesn't uh, look look very uh, futuristic at this point. Yeah, is it is it general who says it doesn't look like much? Yeah, and, and the whole like, audience go, "Yep." Yeah. And I like I like when Avon says uh, the 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 signal is taken in here, and then it's done like here, and it's just the same switches. Like, where where was that Avon? Where where was that actually decoded? It's just, it's just some um, jukebox yeah. buttons, isn't it? Yeah, it you is. Know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks like someone's gone into the back room of Halfords with yes. ten minutes to spare. Yep. Yep, yep. And they but they find out that Travis has been sent to check out all that mess on, yeah. on, on some, Kenta Row. Some really unusual and really uh, really nice direction in this episode where they do keep doing the cutting back of so Blake will start a sentence and Travis will finish it and then Travis will start a sentence. Yeah, no, that is good. Really, really nicely done. And not not the sort of thing you expect in in Blake seven. It's it's generally a more storyline a to b to c type show mm. um but yeah re- really good so I, I love this because it's sort of um because it i don't i mean i don't know whether that the stuff that's on the screen when they're deciphering is meant to be writing or something but jenna can seem to understand it and she's relaying stuff in she? and then avon says yeah. about a uh, space commander has been sent in like, what does it say who and of course, know, this is dropped immediately afterwards yeah. because there's a rotor system for them to just <laughs> listen to. Because yeah. this is before they've got Aurac, so yeah, they they haven't they, they haven't they, got, they have to uh, listen out for stuff. Yeah, and they haven't got enough space to record everything by mm. the looks of it. Um, but I do like that Blake asks who, as if he's memorised all of the space commanders. Yes. What what, what, said, why else would you space ask? Commander Chorley. Oh, it's like, oh okay. do you know him? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, Travis has arived on on Kentaro. Yes. And, uh, it's a and good name, that, isn't it? Kentaro. Kentaro. I like, I like, I like hard C's in words. Yes, yes. And uh, he goes into that room and... Uh, um, yeah, oh, this, this is... He wants this, to clear enough stop, doesn't Travis, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Stop! Stop! What are these men doing here? Well, I didn't think it would matter if we made a start on clearing up the worst of the damage. My orders were that nothing was to be touched in this room. Nothing. Get out! Go through the sequence of events. From the beginning, sir? Well, naturally. Well, two of our men came through the door. From the description you've given me, one of them was certainly Blake. Go on. Well, we were made to stand against the wall. Then a minute later, three more of them... We just appeared. Appeared? Well, materialised, sir. My men and I were taken out by a man and a girl. It was a girl who kept us prisoner in the equipment store. We overpowered her. The demolition charges went off, sir. Well, we were lucky to get out alive. How long were Blake and his men in here? Five, ten minutes, not more. Five or ten minutes? They could have set demolition charges in 30 seconds. What were they doing in that extra time? Perhaps they had trouble getting them to work, sir. And why did they take you and your men out of here? I suppose they thought it was safer with us out of the way. No. No. There's something missing. I'm missing something. 
you still have the original construction plans for this room? They'll be on record, sir. And detailed diagrams of all the circuits? Yes. Good. I'm sending in a forensic team. I want a full catalogue of every item in this room. But, sir... Everything must be accounted for. But, sir... Well, that could take months, sir, if it's possible at all. Prell, if I were you, I'd make it possible. I want that catalogue in 20 hours. Yes, sir. Get out. That's very yeah. Travis Mark too. the way he says. Yes. Get out. Out. Yes. And then I like that That one guy is a little bit tardy, so he just grabs him and pushes him out. Yeah. It's really good. But again, no sort of mallet. As soon as he's done that, he's only worried about it. He's not just being evil. No. It's it's correct. And then he starts speaking to... Um, uh, Prell. Prell. Not as an equal, but as someone that he respects his opinion and... It's, it's it's really nice. Don't I say this is almost police procedural scripting? It's mm. not. It's not evil. Can you imagine Darth Vader talking to his underlings like this? Mm. Mm. It's not going to happen. No. He sni- He sniffs a rat though, doesn't he? Because he does. uh, they, they only spent away, ten yeah. minutes in there. Yeah. Um, and this is good because he's this. This is Travis. He's not an idiot. He's not a thug. You know, he's he's a very very clever officer, and mm. he, he immediately it's like because. I thought that that like if I if Reb, if rebels attacked a communication center where the only cipher it it'd be like in World War Two Germans attack where we're holding the Enigma machine and you go I wonder what but they why, were after why were they here mm. yes yeah. yeah so I think it's good that that he immediately is like yeah I'm not buying this mm. and he yeah. but he doesn't he wants evidence to back it up so he's like yeah it's really good he you know he 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 puts a supposition forward he sifts through the evidence to find out whether it's true and when he finds out it's true he works on that clever stuff yeah um i I like the matter of fact way also that he finds out that they've got teleport because i'm guessing this is the first time the federation (coughs) actually know that this super spaceship that blake has acquired has got teleport yeah it's the first time because um uh I can't remember if it was Prell or one of the other people said they just appeared. They just appeared. Goes, what do you mean yeah. they just appeared? Yeah, that was Prell, yeah. But immediately, so he he, he must realise, oh, they've got teleport. He then looks into teleport ranges, everything, because later on he says, oh, they're out of uh, teleport range. Mm. So, yeah... He's doing his homework. He knows his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. And and because of that, he wants to check on every item that was in the room. Sensible. And that's how we do uh, airline disasters and terrorist attacks now. Yeah. Sensible stuff. I'll tell you what's not sensible, and it's that bloody box that Prell uses, that communicator where he holds it to his ear and then holds it to his throat like um, um, Thingamajig in Mad Max. Yeah, like uh, Charlie. Charlie, yeah. I can Um, hear the interceptors. I love that scene. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that, obviously, this guy's put a bit of thought into it. He's, you know, read the script and he thought, oh, it's communications device. I can do it. No one's told him, no one else does that, mate. You look like an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. He does look very stupid. But he finds out... Can you imagine later on, the actor got a... bought his first Nokia mobile phone and he was doing the same. (laughs) <laughs> holding, holding the edge of it to his mouth and oh I'd better listen holding it up to yes. his head <laughs> but what he finds from it that Callie is alive and yes. and um, while he's learning that Travis is like looking over Callie's weapon isn't he yeah and I we're, love that with and, interest yeah. yeah he's looking at it with interest and someone says something else and he goes hmm, hmm. and that's yeah. beautiful acting because that's what people do you know they're, they're looking at something else and they're thinking 
Uh, yeah, it's really, really clever. It reminded me of um, we've just done Ensor. I mean, the first time yes. you see uh, Travis on that, he stops and has a look at a plant. Yeah. Before Serverland calls these, him over. These are real people, real people. Um, can we uh, can we break for two seconds? I'm going to have to use the facilities. All right, we are too stopping much, here. Drink. Shouldn't you rest now? Is this all the information we have on Blake? I checked with intelligence personally. It's all there. Have you approved my requisitions for personnel and equipment? The ships you want, the Starburst class. I'm not sure I can get them. What? There have only been three of them built so far, and they've already been assigned to the Galactic Eighth Fleet. Well, get them reassigned to you. Look, from what we already know about Blake's ship, it's vastly superior to anything we've got. If I understand even a reasonable chance of taking him, I need those three high-range pursuit ships. You'll have them. What about my crew? Already assigned. Why mutoids, particularly? Why mutoids? I've always thought that individuals with a high bionic rebuild were more reliable, less likely to let emotion interfere with judgment or duty. I'd give a mutoid priority over a man every time. Or perhaps it's this that gives me a fellow feeling. Does it still trouble you? Well, not in the way you mean. The surgical mechanics did a perfect refit. I had the weaponry division make a few adaptations. They built in a laser-on destroyer. More powerful than any sidearm. No, the hand is fine. Better than the original. It only troubles me because it's a constant reminder that the man who caused it is still alive. Blake. That's why I chose you. Oh? I've read all the reports, of course. But none of them said what happened. None of them explained about your face. What about my face? It was patched up by a field medic. Man saved my life. But why did you never let the surgeons finish the job? <laughs> what are you suggesting? Cosmetic surgery? I'm a field officer, not one of your decorative staff men. You're certainly not decorative. You find it repulsive? I find it... unpleasing. But memorable. You wouldn't mistake me for anyone else. Hardly. Mm. Neither will Blake. Even after all this time, he'll know me and remember what happened at our first meeting. Right, back. All right. I okay. think it must have been the exciting, excitement of Travis. It's, it's the excitement of Travis. Yeah. Carl, what are you going to be like when we talk about Travis Mark too? Oh, that's it. I'll just, I'll be, you yeah. have to do it on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> well. I'll have to cut the echo that'd be out. Some, that'd be somehow apt, wouldn't it, for <laughs> Brian Croucher, I don't know. Yes, because when you flush afterwards, that's not unlike the, uh, the what happens to uh, Travis that's Mark II when he yeah, goes down he that thing. Flushed, it, he gets flushed, doesn't he? I've always thought he looks like he's being flushed down a toilet, the way yeah. he goes round and round like that. Yeah. Poor Travis. Poor Travis. All right, let, 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 let's carry on, shall we? Yes. That was a good place oh, was... to break, because that's just yeah. where I was going to put a audio clip. Oh, excellent. All right, so, so th this works really well. All right, okay. We've next got Travis viewing photos of Blake in agony during his torture. This is a bit of a dodgy scene, don't you think? It was well, interesting that because um, you 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 first think, oh, he's just he's enjoying seeing Blake in agony, but then it turns it goes, is this all you've got on him? It, so it's he's going, he's just reviewing the files, which is quite clever. It worries me that that's all they've got on file <laughs> under mm. Blake, just a few Polaroids of him with a dodgy look on his face yeah but he, he might be meaning photos yeah. are these yeah. the only photos you've got of blake well that, that ties sense. in for everything else we've said isn't it? that no one recognized blake so the only photos they got of him 
looking like he's um, got a bit of a jippy tummy. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. I, 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 it just, I don't know. I mean, you could read this a number of ways, couldn't you? Um, I, I, I just take it that he likes looking at photos of his nemesis in pain. I don't know. I, I mean, it worries me they haven't got any video footage of the interrogation. Mm. But then I suppose if if it was that afterwards they tried to cover it all up, didn't they, and change history? So perhaps they got rid of it all for that. Mm. I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. Um, Serverland comes in then, and and we learn a lot. We we got a bit ahead of ourselves before when we were talking we did, about yes. you know the cosmetic yeah. surgery because it's all here, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's in this one. It's yeah, but, but before we get to that, uh, Travis says he wants Starburst class pursuit ships. Yeah, and again, really clever stuff. So so he wants these, and and Serverland says, oh, there's only three, and they're assigned to the Galactic Eight Fleet, which we oh, know the Galactic we know Eight that. Fleet. Yeah, from uh, is it say not. Seymour or whoever. Seymour, yeah, from Seymour. Troll, which is yeah. a year away. But yeah. here, here's the first mention of it. So I think that's very nice that we got yeah. continuity. It's um, We often bemoan the fact that there's not a lot of continuity in Blake 7, but there are lots of little bits in season one and two that show that they were thinking about stuff. Mm. And then, they, you know, season three, they just drop it. Space adventure, yeah. bang, bang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a lovely little sequence. So they've only got three of these, uh, these class of ship and they're meant to be the the fastest they've got and this is where uh, travis says we everything we know about blake ship we at least know that it's the fastest thing going it's faster than anything we've got mm. um which again shows you that the federation isn't the be all and end all that it becomes is it this is this is realistically mm. underfunded yeah i like the idea that yeah. you know it's it's actually finding out that there is a ship that's vastly superior yeah. to ours that actually instigates the building program that produces faster pursuit ships yes yeah. yeah blake could well have uh, have instigated the federation getting better mm. you know i did more, i did wonder not better but you know what i mean yes more, uh, more technologically advanced yes yes um i did <laughs> i did wonder if maybe um uh, the Starburst class was named after the magazine, but I don't think it was because that that came out in '78 as well, or, ju- or yeah. just at the end of '77. So I think that's just a coincidence. I think that's a coincidence. I mean, if the Starburst class, when it was first designed, was called the uh, the Opal, then that's not a coincidence. But... <laughs> okay, all right. Um, you say Travis demands them. This is very yeah. Travis Mark II demanding things. Yes. But it, it's, I want them now. I, I want them. Yeah. But because it's Blake, isn't it? That's why yeah. he is overstepping the line. He is a by-the-book person, but, you know, because this is Blake and he needs them, you know, um, and he also wants a crew of mutoids as they're yes. partly mechanical, just like him. Yeah, this is, this is again, a remnant of the, the original, I suppose, the original idea of having the mutoids be androids. Yes. Um so they've sort of merged it a bit, haven't they? They're now more cyborg, and then later on they sort of even drop a lot of that. Um, but yeah, he want he wants people that aren't going to let emotion get in the way. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, Which is interesting because said... what is he thinking that they might be a bit lax on? Well, he says he doesn't want emotion want Ray, getting in the way he? of logic. Yeah, yeah. he you doesn't know? want Ray going. Well, that's not that's not according to the Geneva Convention. He wants mm. people that are going to just follow it through, in it, which ties in with the fact that on his last command, some 
someone uh, reported him. Yeah. Someone grasped on him, didn't they? Yeah. But, yeah, this is the whole thing where we find out about his face and, yes. um, you know, it being patched up. And he sneers at the whole idea of cosmetic surgery. And, you know, I'm a field officer, not one of your yeah. decorative staff men. Brilliant. Do, do you like think he the, mentions yeah. Ray? Because he would have met Ray in the yes. corridor as, I think, as yeah. he was going in. I think I think that's who he's referring to, isn't he? Mm. He's referring to that class of officer, the almost the dandy at court style yes. of officer, not a, a foppish a, yeah, type. Foppish, yeah. Yes. Um, and I love the fact that uh, even though we don't find out that uh, the name of the cyber surgeon that saved him, the space surgeon, I should say, that saved him, that he sort of says, "Man, saved my life." Yes. It's, it, he's already got the rest. Of, you know what I mean? He, it's a loyalty is, thing yeah, because yeah. Travis is loyal, isn't he? He's loyal yep. to the Federation. And therefore, he's also loyal to the man that saved his life, which is why when we find out about Marriott and that Marriott was killed, you know, uh, there's a conflict there or uh, that that his Marriott's family will be uh, put into slavery because the man saved my life. And it's it's interesting that uh, later on, he says Blake's got a fatal weakness, which is his loyalty, uh, which is like because when it it happened, I, I thought to myself. Oh, that's that's where he's yeah. It's clever. He can't see that he's got that same what he sees as a as a as weakness. A, a weakness. He's got the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So many levels. There are. I also like the fact that um, when he's talking about his hand, he says it's a perfect replica. Uh, yeah, well, but, he didn't have a good hand then, did he? No, no. <laughs> but he also says he's had the yeah. weaponry division make changes. Yeah. So presumably this artificial hand he's got never had a laser-on destroyer no, no. built into think, a finger. Yeah, I think it would have been just a mutoid-style hand, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, and he says it's more powerful than any sidearm, right? Yeah. Which, Which remi- at some of the sidearms we see for the Federation, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, it reminded me of a Judge Dredd story. Um, I think, yeah, City of the Damned, where he and Judge Anderson go into the future. And Judge Dredd has his eyes plucked out and he spends... Oh, yes, uh, yeah. Towards the end, he, he's blind. And um, yeah, they, they, when he gets back to Mega City 1, he's fitted with bionic eyes. Yeah. And and they said, oh, is it bothering you? And he goes, oh, my, 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 my eye, you know, uh, my, my eyesight's much better. It's more efficient than ever. Should have had it done years ago. Yeah. Um, Travis is the same. It's like, well, yeah. this is better than my, uh, my my original hand. I get the feeling even if Travis's hand hadn't have been damaged, he would have l- hacked it off himself <laughs> to get a nice uh, <laughs> He should have done both hands. Yeah. He should have had both. Yeah. And here we have that backstory, um, which is shared between Travis Talking and Blake, done really nicely. Um, this is Blake's first arrest, isn't it? Um, where he had been, um, uh, Travis says he had been with the dissidents yeah. only for a short time, but his gathering was growing. And how Blake had led some attacks and released some prisoners. So at that point, Blake is doing small things. I don't think he's yes. blowing things up just yet. No, I don't think so. I think Blake is, uh, he's. He's doing a placard protest outside a prison or so in any or Yes. He's, he's but but he's been noticed yeah. by yeah. the authorities by doing yeah. so, hasn't he's, he? He's made he's made enough of a nuisance of himself that they want to get rid of him. Yes. Um, which is, is interesting. Um I'm a line that I I'd sort of forgotten which I think is, is again in hindsight is quite nice. It always used to bother me that this was almost like a re uh, a retcon of episode one and it's so similar but blake actually does say at the end of the scene doesn't he that um the whole reason he can start remembering the old stuff is that the exact same thing happened to me 
again, which is yes. the massacre in the way back. And I thought, oh, yes. I didn't remember that. That's yeah, okay. That 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 smooths over any issue I've got with yes. This. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yes, this this first attack, um, the authorities had found out that there was going to be another raid planned, and that there yeah. was a meeting in a sub basement. I guess that's a car park. There yes, was going to be another park. meeting in a car park. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, Blake's had his people watch the place for 24 hours uh, for signs of federation and deciding that yeah. there weren't any, uh, any, they began the meeting and that's when Travis and his men appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, um, um, Gareth Thomas goes a little bit into overacting mode in this scene. Isn't he it? does, I yeah. I was like convinced he... there was no... It's like, oh, mm, come Ratchet yeah. it back there a bit, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah. Mm. Um, it seems that Travis had been there for a whole two days. Yeah. Just I'd, like I'd, love to, I'd love to see that, because what were they doing? They were hiding in a car park <sighs> cupboard for two days. Uh, they had to be playing things like I Spy, but can you imagine, suggest, you know, I mean, it's like, I want to see that. I want to mm. see that footage mm. <laughs> just travis and two troopers in a cat in a wardrobe yes. i i i had them underneath cardboard boxes yeah, or something be, like yeah. that yes yeah yeah although like, with the lack of peripheral vision in sci-fi on the bbc they could have been just hidden against a plain wall couldn't they as long yes. as you don't move you're all right it's like tyrannosaur vision for, well the beginning of this story yeah. blake just laid down and the robot yeah. didn't see him mm. oh that would have been brilliant if if they come into the car park and there's like uh, just a sheet on the floor with three man-sized bulges. Shapes. <laughs> What's that? What's that, Blake? Oh, it's all right. I've been watching the place for 24 hours, and then Travis just jumps up. Surprise! Yeah. Dear, oh, dear. Yeah, he does say they came out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Blake surrenders, um, but Travis orders his men to yeah. open fire anyway. Um, and Blake was shot in the leg, and as he fell, he shot Travis and was sure he was dead. Mm. So that's the wound. If, yeah. yeah, I wonder if... Um... Because we hear we hear this bit from Blake's side, and we we yes. cut him backwards. Towards. We don't hear this bit from Travis's side. I wonder if Travis's version would have been slightly different. Mm. Could know. have been, couldn't it? Mm. You know, Travis says, "I ordered them to stand down." The leader, Blake, started doing a speech about yes. fighting to the end. Mm. So I shot him in the leg to shut him up. Well, it, well, no, I mean, um, when. Rontaine and Burkhol are saying about there have been other incidents. Yes. It could have been this, the capture of this, Blake yeah. having all these other people slaughtered yeah. after um, you know, after they had surrendered. Yeah. Um later on Travis is talking with a doctor, I'm guessing via hologram, this CSO Stephen Greif head. Yes. Yeah, I think that's meant to be a hologram, hologram or something, isn't it? We we have a similar one in uh, Project Avalon, don't we? Well, yes, we have that, and I'm pretty sure that thing you know that Callie is laying in is Avalon's one. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, it's also from uh, the way back, isn't it? Blake's in it. The That's true. Machine, yeah, yeah, with the yes. Um, I love Stephen Greif's uh, delivery here. He says, "I want to know about Blake, his crew." <laughs> in yeah, his way, he goes, superb, "His yeah. crew," <laughs> like that, and orders the torture to begin. Yes. Yeah. It's it's really well played. Mm-hmm. And I like that sort of. Whereas Avalon was sort of, she was like, "I know that I will betray my mirror," and Cal is like, "Ah, oh, screw you." Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. sassy. Yes, she is. Yes, yeah. She gives him sass. Yes. Um, they've sorted out all the debris on on the base, and this yes. Prell, he realizes that there's no sign of the cipher machine. Yes, but he he, call, he doesn't call it a cipher machine, does he? He calls it by a like A twenty four, A four, or whatever. 
Yes. And everyone seems to know this is the cipher machine. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he contacts Travis, and um, that's the uh, infamous moment from... uh, Have you seen it? The outtake. The outtake. Priority message to Space Commander Travis. Delivery by Category 1 Courier. Message begins. Thorough check of salvage material reveals no trace of parts used in manufacture of component 1430. It is virtually certain, therefore, that the instrument was removed before the explosion. Component... Blake got the cipher machine. He's able to read everything we transmit. Forward planning movements, security, everything. That's right. I was the bi-central security. We have to introduce a new code system immediately. No, no. If the code system is changed, Blake will know we're onto him. That's not important. What matters is that our security is wide open. Listen to me. We know that Blake is reading us. If we transmit a message in the normal routine way, he'll intercept it. Hmm? Now, what if that message was something he wanted to hear? Something that we know would bring him to a particular place. A place where we would be waiting for him. Exactly. Where Stephen Greif is a bit... Press, press, grab! Yes, (laughs) Stephen Greif is a bit too enthusiastic, isn't he? Yeah, he is. It's it's a good good scene, I like it. Yeah, but Travis realises what's going on. um, Yes. And uh, and, and Servalan says... You know, again, he's brilliant, oh, Travis. He's, he's worked it out because Servalan is all for well. Let's change the code. Blake will know everything, and he's like, no, yeah. no, no. It's like, you no, know? no. We, there's a longer game here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we know he's got it. He doesn't know that we've got it. We give him information that will benefit us. You yeah. know, which so, again is is a very realistic. That that is how things happen. Yeah. And this is repeated later on with Travis Mark too, where you've got the yes. whole Kasabi thing, when Servalan says, oh, we've got the thing, and Travis is like, no, no, it might have to be sent at a certain time, da-da-da-da-da, yeah. you so, know? I mean, Servalan's a very blunt tool, isn't she? Whereas Travis is, he's actually quite pinpoint. Well, that's why point. she has him, yeah. you know, yeah. for decisions like this, you know? And it works, because Blake takes yeah. the bait, doesn't he? He does. I mean, they're all first going straight back, aren't they? Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when we next have our Travis bit, um, you got Kentaro. You got that uh, that 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 door. You know, the only door yes. they seem to be using on this location. And you've got a whole line of troopers. Uh, you know, speed marching past. Did you notice the one on the end? His helmet isn't down. Did no, you I notice didn't him? Notice yeah, the guy at the end. I'll, I'll try and screen grab it. I don't know what's going on. Is it because, of course, at this point, I don't think we've had tilting Federation trooper helmets, but it looks like it's it's on wrong because you can see an awful lot of his face. Oh, so because we we thought uh, in Bounty was the first appearance of the tilting helmet. So perhaps it wasn't. Perhaps it was done from the beginning. Right? No, I think it's just slipping off. Yeah. I think if they'd held that shot on, on those guys running past yeah. it, eventually it would have fallen off. Well, I don't do think he used his cause, chin strap. Because like you said, that you can't really see where you're going. Do you think the, the actor stuntman had just pushed it up a bit to try and look down? It could be. So it does look odd. His mates. Yeah. It does look odd because now, now I, I, I'm a Federation trooper. Whenever I see a Federation trooper, I, I pay particular attention to them. You uh, you criticise them immediately, don't you? I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, this we... is this amazes me as well because Travis says uh, he goes um, Blake won't be able to pinpoint the interrogation room. Well, he will because it's the same door from earlier. <laughs> yes, it is. It's literally yeah. the same door. I think it's the only door on the base. Could be, yeah. It's yes, the yeah, door. yeah, yeah. They could have at could... least put some signs up, couldn't they? 
Mm, yes, yeah. Um, well, inside, Travis is there. He, he's yes. with Base Commander Escon. Yeah, okay. He's on film in the base, isn't he? The, the... It, yes, this is at uh, Ealing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, the man playing Base Commander Escon is a, a guy by the name of Ian Cullen. Okay. Oh, I know Ian Cullen. I got his autograph somewhere. Oh, right, oh, right. Trading and... card, yeah. He was, he was in... Um... He was in one of the Doctor Who's, wasn't he? Did oh, was he? Hartnell, I think, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I've, uh, this is, again, this is a uh, Blake 7 that's got an audio commentary. And uh, and it's a fantastic audio commentary. You've got oh. Stephen Greif, uh, Michael Keating and Jacqueline Pierce. I might have uh, Jacqueline... to get the British disc just to get You, you should. Uh, that audio commentary is fantastic because Jacqueline Pierce, like, she starts every sentence with darling yeah. <laughs> and she has got the filthiest laugh. She yes, really has. Definitely. Yeah, but Stephen Greif says that, oh, yeah, that's Ian Cullen, a really nice uh, guy, really good actor. And apparently he said that he was a last-minute replacement oh. um, for the original person who was going to play Escon, uh, as that actor couldn't get the lines out. He said, I don't know hmm. what was wrong with him. I don't know if he wasn't well, but he couldn't say the lines. So oh, they got yeah. Ian Cullen in. Um, oh, it's cutthroat, isn't it, BBC? Can't say your lines, you're out. You're out. You're on you're your ear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like th- this guy, this um, base commander. Is, is I think is this the first appearance of the uh, silver-trimmed helmets as well? I think it might be. Yeah. I think it. I, I think it might well be. Um, it's a nice scene, you know. Travis asks him to yeah, to, to sit down. Yes, base commander. I've escorted the prisoner to the interrogation room, and my men have been briefed to keep out of sight until you give the signal. Good. Blake is to get right inside the building before anybody makes a move. Understood, sir. Sit down, Base Commander. Thank you, sir. How are your units deployed? We have the whole area circled. Squads on every roof. Destructors with wide firing spread around every wall. Once they're inside, there's no way they're going to get out again. Good. Space Watch reports. An unidentified ship entered our upper atmosphere about an hour before you arrived. Blake? We assume so. Why? Because it came in close and then raced back out again. Our guess is that it was doing a fast ground survey. Seems reasonable. Where is it now? In fixed orbit, about a quarter of a million out. Quarter of a million? They won't be able to use their teleport at that range. They'll have to come in closer. And they can't do that without our knowing it. Which leaves just one chance factor. Exactly where they'll teleport down. The odds are against them being able to zero in on the interrogation room. I think we have that beaten too, sir. Oh? My research people have rigged up the entire complex with an MSD. What? A molecular shift detector, sir. Apparently, there's an enormous kinetic potential set up by teleport communications. A rough analogy would be the, the static build-up during an electrical storm. Yes, well, I'm always grateful for a rough analogy. What does it do? It tells us exactly where and when they land. It's perfect. He still may not come. Oh, he'll come. He wouldn't abandon the girl. Not Blake. Right, it starts now. Get under cover. So, oh, and base commander. Remember, Blake is to get right inside the building. Let him find me and the girl before anybody makes a move. Is that clearly understood? Understood, sir. And again, Travis is... He's a... He's an amiable sort of commander, isn't he? He's, he's respectful of the people. He listens to them. He takes their advice. Mm. You know, and it, it's also got one of the funniest lines ever in it with the, the rough analogy line well we're coming up that. to that because yeah. you said oh i like i like travis's yeah. line of uh depend on it depend no on no it. no yeah. it is trump completely yeah. about 
I, I, I'm always grateful for a rough analogy. Yeah. You know, that is a brilliant line. <laughs> it really was, it, was that? Was that? Because I could imagine that being a um, just make up. You, know, you think that's an ad lib? Yeah, an ad lib. It, it wasn't mentioned on the audio commentary. Yeah. I think they were talking about something else. But uh, no, in this scene, they know that the liberator came in, went out, and then is holding position some way off. Yeah, and you can um, see you can see the look of doubt cross Travis's face when. He get the the basic man says we we assume that it was for a reconnaissance flight. A and quick Travis goes, Yeah, and Travis goes, yeah, that makes sense. But you can see yeah, he's, he's not thinking convinced. out. Oh, yeah. poo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he now knows that they have got teleport. Yes. Um, um, but he he doesn't seem to twig. Um, and that's when Escon says they've set up a detector for teleporting. You never mentioned again this uh, detector they set up for teleporting. Yeah, they never... Perhaps it was just a load of old crap. It didn't work. Yeah. And that's the rough analogy thing. It's, yeah. it's a rough analogy. It's like the static that builds up during a lightning yeah. storm. And he's like, oh, I'm always grateful for a rough analogy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's... Yeah. In fact, every, I think you should include every single line by Travis. <laughs> In well, yeah, uh, so, so some of the audio clips yeah. I'm putting on this are, are quite lengthy. Yeah. Um, um, and he's all always, prepared. Yeah, yeah, he is. People all, always remember Avon's quips and that, but Travis had some real zingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all prepared. You know, he goes and he yeah. he, he toys with Callie a bit, and uh, he goes out through that door, looks up at the sky, and goes back in again. Stephen Greif does <laughs> say something about that day's yeah. filming was him literally coming out the door, yeah, looking up the out. sky, going back in again. Because at first, when he does that, I thought to myself, what's he open to see? Liberator? And I thought, yeah, he probably can, according to Cygnus Alpha. Yes. yeah, well, you, yes, know, you can yeah, see it just hanging in space. Yeah, yeah, very true. So he goes back. I guess he was going to go and taunt Callie a bit more, but yeah. she's gone. The, he, he turns the chair around. She's not there, but Blake is. Yeah. Um, and Callie has got the smallest gun ever. I I thought that little gun that Travis has got in season two was the first time we ever see that, no, but no, no here it is. Yeah, so it was always tucked in Travis one's uh, sleeve, wasn't it? It looks like a spud gun. Remember, you used to get free with the Beano. Yes, absolutely. Guns, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that's what it is? I don't know. It look. It looks. It doesn't look like it functions at all, does no, it? No. But uh, it's a nice little thing. I did. I think Alex did a kit of it, didn't he? Or something. He did. I, I don't know if he yeah. still does it because sometimes he dis- discontinues yeah. his kits. I think it's only like yeah. fifteen pound if he still yeah, does, do, I quite does do it. A little, little Travis gun. Or you just get a spud gun off of eBay. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Just yeah, spray yeah. it back. Yeah. Wouldn't be funny if she pressed it and a little bit of potato came yeah. out and got Stephen Grease <laughs> yeah. on the face. Yeah. Um, so he gets Travis to sit down in the chair. Don't feel too badly, Travis. After all, it was an ambush technique you devised. You're not out of this yet. Blake's ship is moving. Coming in very fast. We'll be leaving in about three minutes. I should use the time to think of an excuse for your failure. You'd better kill me, Blake. Until one of us is dead, there'll never be a time when I won't be right behind you. If not you, then somebody else. Killing you will change nothing. You don't matter enough to kill Travis. I don't like these restraints. No, they're not convincing yeah. in the slightest, no, are they? That, that seems to be a thing with BBC uh, special yeah, effects. Restraints, um, restraints never look like they... Uh, Doctor Who was terrible for that as oh, well. Awful, yeah. Yeah. And, and Travis says to kill him. 
Um, 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 but Trav- uh, Blake says, no, you don't matter enough. And it's one of these stupid lines again. If, if he yeah, had, yeah. Um, you know, so much of what we see happen would never have happened. Yeah, I. Um, it's the only thing in this episode that that I am not a great fan of is the because they they feel they've got a setup that this is this huge rivalry and the, the fact that every time Blake had Travis it was you'd better kill me now yeah it's like that it doesn't ring true that's melodrama yes it that's is the, very melodramatic the, yeah. it's the only time that in this episode that Travis doesn't ring true because of course his real thing would be. No, leave me alive. I want to get you because that's my job. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a threat, though, isn't it? It's yeah. like you better kill me now because you know if you don't, I'm going to keep yeah. coming and I'm 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 going to get you, um, Blakey. Um, yeah. And and yeah, that's when the troopers are knocking on the door, aren't they? And and yeah. you know they burst in and it's like yeah, you know, and he screams at them. You know, don't worry about me. You know, fire, yeah. kill him. Don't that don't worry the about me. Comes first. Yeah. 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 Um, and, um, oh no, before that, we've got Pally spotting the gun hand and this thing that yeah. he's doing about arming the yeah, gun he's, and he's everything. Yeah, ratcheting with his thumb in it, which is really nice. I like that. I don't yeah, know, and it, and it gets destroyed, his hand yeah. then, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, and that's, that, that's when we got him, the whole take them thing, but they teleport yeah. right in front of his eyes. Um, and then we're almost at the end of the story because Travis, uh, Travis is being mended and he's got a yes. out and he pushes Which the person away. Which is quite nice away. as well. That the guy's trying to do it and it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck Get up. off. Yeah. yeah. Run, Blake. Run. As far and as fast as you like. I'll find you. You can't hide from me. I am your death, Blake. And it ends with the classic, I am your death, Blake. Yeah. You know? Good line. Good Turns line. out he wasn't. It was the other way. No. Well, no, it was Avon was his death. But uh, it, it's a good way to end it. It's a fantastic setting up of the character. It's a great introduction and it's a great, um, um, you know. Yeah, I think, I think it's, a great, it's a great episode of Blake 7. Possibly the best episode of Blake 7. Um, but it's also a great standalone bit of drama. Mm, mm. Now... This is the question that I put out on Facebook earlier in the week. Yeah. Yeah. Travis Mark 1, it is a surprise to find out he was only in five stories. It is, yeah. You it, you picture him as being much more in everything. You know, he's, he's such a presence behind the scenes. All right. Well, I put the question out, what is your yeah. favourite Travis Mark 1 uh, story? And as I say, there's five. It goes Seek, well, Locate, Destroy, yeah. Jewel, Project Avalon, Deliverance, Orac. So, well, what was your favourite? All of them. But, well, I, cause I if you had to pick this, one, I, yeah, I, I, I was toying between because I love Jewel and I love Seek, Locate, Destroy. But I think Seek, Locate, Destroy pips it because this is this is how I think of Travis: the methodical, clever. Um, Jewel is quite good, but you, you, there's some great moments in it, but. Blake? No. <laughs> the weapon built into that hand will not work here, primitive. Nor will brute force, until I allow it. His impulse to kill is primitive. As ours was not. Who are you? I am Sinifar, the Guardian. This is Girok, the Keeper. I'm Space Commander Travis. 
an officer and representative of the Earth Federation. As an agent of my government, I demand an explanation. <laughs> Not only is he primitive, he's pompous as well. And you, do you also make demands? I'm not a Federation officer, but I would like some answers. This man is an enemy of the state and a fugitive. He is my prisoner. <laughs> Primitive, pompous and stupid. Jira. All right, all right. It's just that there is such violence in him. It's exciting. <laughs> oh, hold instincts to hearts. <laughs> I know. You will lift this force field. There are things you must understand first. You do realize that any hostile act against me will be regarded as a hostile act against the Federation? <laughs> Have you any idea of the risk you're running? You don't seem very impressed, Travis. Why don't you try stamping your foot? <laughs> oh, that's very amusing, Blake. For a dead man. But they're both... I mean, it, we're talking about, like, a fag paper's difference between yes. them. Um, they're, they're, they're both superb. But, yeah, if, if, you, if you poke me with a... Uh, a liberator gun and said you had to choose i would say seek locate destroy yeah. I, I agree with you totally yeah. it is very very close between those two yeah. isn't it yeah it is, um yeah. yeah and and of course that's the second one so yeah so our favorite is seek locate destroy and then duel yeah. but after that we had project avalon now would you say uh, project avalon would be your third yeah, probably. That's quite I mean, it's a, nice. it's a good it's a good travis storyline it's just that the plan is a little bit mad Project Avalon has failed totally. There will be a full inquiry. Until that time, you are relieved of your command. It takes all my life. I will destroy you, Blake. I will destroy you. I will destroy you. Mm. So I think we, we're starting to get into the far too complicated a plan for their own good mm. routine. Um but yeah, I I I think his Travis Mark One's appearances uh, quality goes with his appearances. Yes. So it's I think it goes in the order that they're broadcast. I I I was going to say that because you know Jewel I like Jewel because you know uh, it's a cracking little story. We've got that nice little banter between him. Come on, Ian. You, this will be the last time you ever say this oh, mutoid's yes. name. Him and Kiera. There you go. One last time. <laughs> and in Project Avalon, I like his relationship with old Mutoid Glynis. Yes. You, yeah, you really know, um, but no, Jewel, Jewel Pips, Project Avalon. Somebody said, one of the Facebook listeners said about, you know, um, that the, the, not quality, but, you know, it diminishes. Travis diminishes each time he appears. So, yeah, by the time you reach Aurac, the last time we ever see Travis Mark yeah. 1. Well, he's um, only in the film bits anyway, isn't he? So. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'll join you. I think the, the, the order of the, uh, my, my Travis Mark 1s is the order of his appearance. Yes, I think yes. so. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, as I say, I, I put the question out to the listener on the Facebook page and we had quite a few uh, replies and it comes as no surprise really that yeah Seek Locate Destroy was the clear favourite yeah I think so it's because it's the I mean it's the best written and it, it introduces the character so it's it's strong throughout yeah so I asked people on Facebook um, which is your favourite and why so I'll just do a few shout outs to them if you don't mind and uh, uh, a, a yeah. little sound bite from each as to the reason why I okay? think that'd be very good 
Can I just stop you again, Eric? I'm going to have to nip to the toilet for a second again. <laughs> it's all this excitement, oh, I isn't it? No, I, I think my <laughs> I think my blood sugar must be too high, but it won't be a second. Um, and uh, um, just why they thought whichever episode was their favourite. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that seems a nice idea, yeah. A little sound bite from each. So uh, we have, here we go, Seek, Locate, Destroy. Um, Baz Warrington, okay, um, he says that this story is uh, the most powerful and his introduction is awesome and a real presence. Agree with that completely. I'll go along with that, yeah. yep. Cameron McLeod um, says that uh, Travis hit the ground running and was never better. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's yeah, I think that's right. The, the this is the strongest the character sort of gets. There's, there's it's a good character all the way through, but yeah, this is certainly the strongest written for the whole episode. There's nothing really silly in this at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, a guy by the name of George Swallow um, voted for it, but he left no comment, which is fair oh. enough. You know, he, the, he was speechless about it. Speechless with admiration for it. Yes. 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 Our friend Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Um, yep. He says great intro shot, and yeah. this Travis was cold and calculating, which is yep. Um, Christine Gordon uh, says great introduction. It certainly yeah. was. Dylan O'Connell likes his Richard the Third. I am your death, Blake. It is very Richard the Third, is, isn't yeah, it? it? Is. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. And then uh, Megan over there in Australia. Uh, she can't actually decide. It, it's oh. a joint between seek, locate, destroy, and duel. Well, I think that's like you when when I jokingly said all of them are the favourite. I think yeah, I can see why people couldn't decide. Mm. Yeah. I say it was, it's dead close for for me on these two. Yep, yep. Um, and the only other story that actually got the vote was Jewel. Oh, well. So it was between Seat, Locate, Destroy yeah. and Jewel. And on the Jewel, the voters for Jewel, uh, my good friend Giles, um, he says it's the one that sticks in my head. So that's the one that he's going for. Yeah. And, uh, and then Richard Woodward, fantastic episode. And I love his interaction with the mutoid in this. Yes. What was yeah. her name again? Kiera. Tra- <laughs> that's Travis. your very last yeah. time. <laughs> Travis up a tree with gear. Oh, Travis up a tree. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. So, th- thank you, everyone, for yeah, uh, your, for your for input on that. Bit. Yes, yes. Um, I think it'll be uh, less of a clear cut when we do Travis Mark Two as to what people's favourites are. That 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 is a very mm. good point. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, yes. Um, a question for you, yes. right? Um, we'll be talking in a minute about why Stephen Greif left Blake 7 and didn't come back. What do you think the Travis stories in Season 2 would have been like if it had been Stephen Greif doing it? I think it would have been so different. Because I say, I like like, uh, Brian's performance. It's it's really grown on me. But he's playing a damaged Travis. Mm. He's not a military Travis. This is Travis the outlaw. He's almost a rebel the same as as Blake. I think had Travis, had uh, Stephen Greif stayed on as Travis, I think it would have been it would have become. I think what they were planning was the Blake versus Travis show, mm. and I think I think that's what it would have become. And I'm not sure that would have worked very well. No, no. I, I think I think it needs to be in because uh, because that's sort of it's like the Doctor Doctor Who and the Master, isn't it? Um, and Roger Delgado, superb master, but it got to the point where every story 
Oh, it's the master. What's yeah, yeah. Good e- point. Even even the greatest of actors. It's it home to Moriarty, stale. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I can totally see Stephen Greif doing the trial yeah. story. I can really see him doing that. But where, as much as I love Stephen Greif and he is my favourite Travis, I cannot see anyone but Brian doing the whole the word, the word, yeah. the word bit. I can't see Stephen Greif doing it as no, well. I, I I don't think it would have, it as Brian Croucher half as well. And Brian Croucher had, I mean, Stephen uh, Grafe had that cold, but Brian Croucher, you, I think he had a much oh, he's more a fruit loop. animal danger, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, because again, I, that's one of my favorite ever. <laughs> Any of the, uh, Travis's scenes is the word scene. I just, it, it's brilliant. Mm. It's so good. But yeah, I, I'd love to, perhaps if, if, uh, Stephen's at, uh, Maximum Power next year. Perhaps we should ask him to do the word scene. Do I don't know if he's at Cygnus Alpha. I don't know if he's at Cygnus Alpha because um, I'm going to Cygnus Alpha. Oh, well, there you, um, go. you can ask him then. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, hang on. I'm just trying to... Excuse me. I'll just get the the correct notebook. Yeah. Is Let Michael Keaton at uh, Yes, Cygnus he is. Alpha. Well, you could get Stephen Greif to point a gun at Michael Keaton's head. And he goes, teleport, teleport. Yeah. Uh, Travis Mark II... Isn't out until November, so oh, oh, it'd be really nice. I mean, you know, yeah. we've I, we've already got Travis Mark One doing something special. It'd be nice to get travel with it Travis would, Mark yeah, that Two. That would be really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, okay. The things you do for our listener. <sighs> yes, indeed. Because <laughs> it's a real hardship, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, listening to animals was. Uh, watching animals yeah. was, yeah. All right, behind the scenes then. Behind the scenes on Seat, Locate, Destroy and Stephen Greif. All right? Excellent. Okay, so we'll we'll talk about the story first, okay? Uh, location work for it was at the Fulham Gas Works. And you can believe that. When you know that's a gas works, yeah, that's yeah. what all that piping was for and all those containers, you know? Um, and it was derelict at the time. Okay. No, it wasn't a working place. No, totally derelict. I mean, you should hope so, because when you know that's a gas works, and it, when yeah, you see those explosions going yeah. off, it's like, bloody hell. You know, if, yeah, I, if, I, if, if there's oil I'm, or residue of gas yeah. in those pipes. Well, that makes sense, because I thought, when they blew it, I thought, watching this time, oh, they wouldn't allow that now, would they, in a, in a working factory? Mm. It makes sense if it was derelict. Yeah, I think that's the answer to my question earlier about, oh, I wish they'd used it more. I've got a feeling they didn't use it more because yeah. shortly afterwards it would have been, you know, pulled Locked down, down and sorry, yeah. yeah, built on, you know. Probably luxury flats now. Most probably, yes. And it was in the middle of winter. Michael Keating says on the audio commentary, it, it's the middle of winter. And the very first time you see Blake when he teleports down, he's got frost on his breath. He's got dragon's yeah. breath, you know. Yeah, and as I say, yeah, he's, uh, Michael Keating said it was too cold to snow. Um, and that's why those uh, troopers are covered in water, you know, because yeah. it's just that horrible English freezing cold rain. rain. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Stephen Greif knows that gas works well because he went to school just around the corner from oh. there, you know. Um, yeah, Prell, okay, that yeah. Prell. Um, the actor's name's Peter Craze. I didn't realise until I started looking into this not, episode. Not the Peter Craze from... Crackerjack. No, not that Peter Craze. <laughs> that would have been something, wouldn't it? I could see Peter Craze in animals, <laughs> but not seek, locate, yeah, destroy. Yeah. No, this Peter Craze, we, we've discussed him already oh, in right. Blake 7 in a previous episode. Um, he was in Sand, okay? 
he was the one that we mocked because they didn't even bother giving him a name. He was just called Serverland's oh, right. assistant. Okay. Ah, right. Yeah, well, that's Prell. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Trooper Tash, or Tash Trooper, yeah. you know. He's, he was a stuntman called Frank Mayer, okay? And he looks like an ex-para, doesn't he? I he like does, that. he does, very yeah. much so. Um, and he was Roger Moore's stand-in on oh, the Bond really? films. So I guess he shaved the Tash off every time he was doing a Bond film. Or just strategically held his hand over his face. Yes, or film from the back or yeah. something. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, Stephen Greif, right? Uh, his four grandparents, okay, were from Budapest, Lithuania, Russia, and Poland. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. His father, Franz, was born in Vienna, and his mother, Polly, uh, was English and was born in the east end of London. Okay. Because he always sort of plays Cockneys, don't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Londoners, definitely. Londoners, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he started off, he got into acting when he was at school, but then when he left school, he his first job was as an estate agent in the West End. Yeah. Um, and that lasted about a year before he decided, no, um, I'm going to go into acting. Okay. I'm glad he did. Yeah. He was offered places at Lambda and Rada, but he went for Lambda, okay, um, where at the end of that he won a first class honours diploma mm. okay, uh, and a lot of other awards including, uh, including something called the Kendall Award uh, which is like the gold, gold standard it's the top one and he w- that was presented to him by uh, Sir John Gilgood wow. so, so right from the get go yeah, coming out of, yeah. out of there yeah he was top notch um, as I say yeah he's been in lots of stuff he plays heavies and dodgy types and threatening types, um, even in, as I say, a a situation comedy, which I knew him from before Blake 7 started. I mean, that was was quite popular, wasn't it, Citizen Smith? Uh, It was, yeah. So did he, because I thought he left, I thought he didn't do season two because he went off to do Citizen Smith. No, 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 no. He was already doing Citizen Smith. Um, It was huge, Citizen Smith. It was like, it was everywhere, wasn't it? It was... It was a water cooler. Uh, water cooler, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, you've talked about Carl Hellman and Brushstrokes. Yes. I mean, that was the same sort of popularity yeah. there, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, he actually got the job of Travis. He got the role because of Paul Darrow. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, they, they 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 were best mates. They had uh, been in something together in the in the mid seventies and stayed in touch and and were very good friends and. One day during a break in filming of Citizen Smith, he was in the BBC canteen and there was, he got a tap on his shoulder and it was Paul Darrow. And it's like, how are you, old boy? And all like that. And they got to nattering and Paul Darrow's like, well, I'm in this new sci-fi series for the BBC called Blake 7. Actually, there's a part in it I think you'd be really good for. It's amazing. They had actually started filming yeah, and they before... hadn't cast Travis. Okay, mm. um, And uh, he, he said, I, I think you'd be really good for it. It's a real Jack Palance type. Yeah, 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 it yeah. is a Jack Palance part. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Although when I when I think of that, I think of Hawk the Slayer. When I think of yeah. Jack Palance with an eye patch, I just got Hawk the Slayer. But he suggested that he goes for it. So uh, Stephen called up his agent and says, "Oh, I've been recommended for this. What do you think?" The agent says, "Oh, I'll give David Maloney a call." Uh, the producer gave him a call and he said, "Yeah, have him come along for the interview." Went along for the interview, got the job. 
um, apparently they hadn't um, looked at anybody else or interviewed anybody else. Mm. Uh, Stephen says loads of people went up for the part of Blake, but nobody had gone up for the part of Travis. It's it, it's really nice that it used to be so uh, laid back in it about mm. casting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and he started a couple of weeks later. So I'm guessing in mm. that two weeks, that's when he went for his uh, dress fitting and off to yeah, the. Yeah, uh, so. Well, that, that explains King's why Road. we've got no publicity shots. You know, mm. pre-publicity shots of Travis mm. or even Serverline for that matter. So yeah, it must have been very late additions. Yeah, he he did intend to do season two of of Blake yeah. Seven. He was getting a bit tired of the Travis stories always ending the same way. Yeah, um, but he would have done it if it had been possible. But no, as you say, the offer came up to do a a a, a film. Well, originally it was going to be a film, but then it turned into a TV movie that was going to be filmed in the south of France. And the dates conflicted with each other, you know, the start of season two and uh, doing this film in the south of France. So he went for that. Um, I've looked into it. The only film that he did in France round about that time was something called Dirty Money. uh, And it was also called Sewers of Gold. Okay, And it's a heist movie in the south of France. It it, it was making me... uh, um, it was reminding me an awful lot of the old Michael Caine one with the minis. Oh, what Italian job. Yeah, that Italian sort of thing. Job. Yeah, it's yeah. a heist movie starring Ian McShane. Okay. Oh, right. Love um, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so Stephen took uh, third billing in that uh, right. below Warren Clark. So it was Ian McShane, Warren Clark, then Stephen Grief. So, um, um, yeah, it's not so, a I bad mean, move. Yeah, I, I, I can understand why you would want to put that above freezing cold quarries and... Mm. You know, uh, and Blake Seven on BBC TV wages, but uh, I mean, I'm I wish he had stayed on, but I'm also glad because we got lovely Brian. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, he has seen a couple of Brian's uh, yeah. stories, um, but uh, he, he thinks it was a mistake, uh, and it was you know um, to the detriment of Brian, and he felt sorry for Brian that yeah. Brian's problem was that he was imitating a character that had already been established. Yeah. He said if if he had come in as another space commander. You yeah, know that I looked that differently, really and, and well. yeah, then yeah. then Brian would have uh, got more into it rather than he wasn't doing an imitation, but he no, he, he, he but was he's, held he's back. Got a follow, yeah, he's got to yeah. follow someone, and it? it's the same as every time a new Bond comes out, and it? it's people immediately compared. You're always going to be compared. Bond, yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just recently, last year, he was Paul Bearer and tribute speaker at Fenella Fielding's funeral. Because uh, they were very good friends. Yeah. Um, I know they were in a, that, a play together, you know, uh, last year or the year before. They were uh, um, in a play together. Um, I didn't know this. Uh, he, together with a BBC producer by the name of Jonathan James Moore, invented something called voice quality. Do you know what voice quality no, is? No, I don't know what that is. It's a system for describing voices, and it's used primarily by actors and actresses and licensed worldwide uh, through Spotlight. So, yes, I I don't know how that would work. It it sounds like it's an audio Google if you want a a certain accent or a certain voice. Yeah, I would Mm. like a Cockney with a gruff voice. Mm. Brian yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, something he regretted doing um, was he turned down the um, uh, the main uh, character in Ace of Wands. Uh, 
Oh, that, right. that, that series from 1970. Yeah, he turned he's got it the down. suaveness to do that, isn't he? Yeah, actually? yeah. He he thinks that if he had done that, that would have opened up doors and and maybe got him into yeah. films. I think that's his regret. It was that he didn't properly go Doing into films. films that's you know? where the money is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, he was considered for the part of Rasputin in Nicholas and Alexandra. Yeah. Mm. Mm. He was good in that as well. Oh, yeah. He hasn't got much of a genre tally. No, he's okay. never been in Doctor Who, has he? He has. Has he? Yes. Call yourself a fan. Oh, no. It was the last genre thing he did as well. Oh, God. This is going to surprise me. Or I'll go, don't. No, you're just going to go, no, that don't count, right? Oh, right. So, genre tally is five, right? Um, First thing, the new Avengers. Yep. I'll I'll have to look into what sort of um, character he is in all of these, but it's going to be a villain or a rogue, isn't it? Yeah, he's not going to be a sweet shop owner, is he? He's he's going to be some sort of, yeah, like a sniper or an assassin in the New Avengers. Then it was Blake Seven, right? Then it was in The Life and Loves of a She-Devil. No, I never really saw it. I knew he was in it, but I never saw it. Right. Then he was in Space Precinct. God, what was he in that? Somebody called Eric, would you believe? Really? Yeah, Eric Volker. Was I bet he was a bad guy. I don't know. Do you know what? I, I remember really enjoying Space Precincts when it came out, and then they released it on video, and I watched it on video and thought, this is actually really awful. Oh, it's no. no I, I know. No, it's not for me. I'm a big Anderson no. fan, but that and Terrorhawks, no. And Dick Spanner. Oh, Dick Spanner. That Oof. was just awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, then, as I say, the last genre thing he did was uh, Doctor Who. Um, the Infinite Quest. Oh, is that a game that, or something? No, it's the animation. It's a, oh, it's a right. David oh, Tennant that, animated. You know I've got that downstairs. I bought it about two years ago. I paid a quid for it. And you've never and, watched uh, it? I still haven't watched it. Yeah, well, well if I, you do, he's a yeah. character called Gurney in it. Gurney. Okay. I might, have to, I might have to watch it just to have a listen. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> so... Have a listen. Yeah. <laughs> watch to no have a listen. Sense, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, that gives him a who tally of one. It gives him an Anderson tally of one, but he's also got an EastEnders tally. Okay, because we we have an EastEnders tally now. He's got an EastEnders tally of one. He played a guy called Brian, right, back in 1996, which is ironic that he plays a guy called Brian, and Brian Croucher was in EastEnders for far more than one, you know. So both Travises have appeared in um, EastEnders. EastEnders. That's reminding me. What is it? What film is it? What or TV show is it? I've posted this on Facebook before. You've got a topless photo of Stephen Greif and Brian Croucher together. That it's some sort of like Spartacus type film. Oh, right. Yeah, that oh, I don't know. that topless and sweaty. I'll have to well, find that photo I, again. Are you sure it was for a part? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was in my wife's collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so that's it. That's uh, that, 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 that's uh, that's the show over. We're at the end. Yeah. Okay. Travis Mark One, we loved you. And I'm I'm very glad, you know, Travis Mark mm. One. Um, as, as I'm looking at the clock, we've been doing this for one hour and forty three. I was rather taken oh. aback that last week we did an hour and forty five um, on animals, but once I put yeah. all the audio in, this is actually going to go over two Can hours. Bit, and yeah. I think I think Travis deserves that. He he deserves it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we because uh, we watched it and Anne, and thought he was superb in it. And she says, oh, you, you, that's the guy you met and he signed your gun, didn't he? I said, yeah. And then I thought, other than Jenna, I've met all of the main cast that were in that particular episode. Oh, really? And I think, yeah, and I think the one that, that, that charmed me over the most was Stephen. Mm. 
Mm. He's just he's so suave, isn't he? Oh, he's a star. He's amazing. He's yeah. a star. He's a, he's a good man. It's a shame though because this has been great fun doing this uh, this episode. But this is when it's we say goodbye one, yeah. to Travis yeah. Mark One, uh, bye, unless bye, we mention Travis. him, you know, when we're comparing, you know, him to to Brian. Well, I'm when sure. We do Travis yeah, Mark I'm too. sure when we do Brian, we will be making comparisons. Mm, mm. Um, and it'll be. I think it'll be also interesting that I think because we're both in total agreement about. Travis Mark 1 but I'm not sure we'll be in total agreement about Travis Mark 2 no no. well, that, well as I say we've got to wait yeah. until November for that but this is yeah. where we say bye bye to Travis yeah. Mark 1 because uh, that's the last time on this uh, on this podcast you'll really be hearing his voice and so we've got to wave goodbye to him and same thing next week um, next week's episode is us saying farewell to season 1 because uh, we're going we're staying in season 1 and um, we're going back to the way back aren't we the way back, yeah, way back when. Way back when to way back to discuss Blake's yeah. lawyer, uh, Varon. Um, so yeah, and and again, that's going to be a bittersweet thing because it'll be nice to go back because we're also going to have a listen to, aren't we, our very first yes, episode we'll, to, we'll have a listen. to to compare and contrast how we do things now to then. But also, do yeah, you know one, what? My prediction ain't changed a bit. No, <laughs> we talked crap then. We talk crap now. We just took. Yeah, yeah, it's just longer yeah. crap. Um, yeah, now. Just, yeah, no. and the quality is the quality of the recordings probably a bit higher. Yes, yeah, because we're not using Skype. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's going to be bittersweet, as I say, because we're we're, we're reaching this point now where we are coming to the end. Yeah, of, the end things. of things. So so yeah, next it, week. There's been, yeah, there's been a few comments on the Facebook page as well with people saying, "Please don't end it," and I don't, mm. I can't really see how we can't. <laughs> it is a finite series yeah, if yeah, you're talking about is. the characters, but yeah. we have got ideas though, haven't we? Where we, we might do We've an got, occasional yeah. one-offs. I think so. Uh, you might not have heard the last of us at the end. No, of no, no. Well, you and I are definitely going on to other yes. projects as well. But regarding Blake Seven, there are ideas that we've got, yeah. and um, you know there might be show reports as well and things like that and, that happen afterwards. Yeah, and it could be that if you like this Blake Seven one, you might come on to our other project. Uh, yes, on the buses in character. <laughs> Um, the olive episode is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Okay. And on that bombshell. <laughs> um, um, all right. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. This yeah, is I our first um, um, major character. The next major character we're going to be going, going to be doing is going to be Gan, but we've got that's still a few weeks away. So uh, thanks for everything today, Ian. No problem. I really enjoyed this one. Not that I don't enjoy them anyway, but this was a this was a special and poignant one. I think. Yes, special and poignant. And yeah, mm. your your research for the next one, as I say, is uh, staying. But we're going right to the beginning of right season to the one. Beginning, yeah. All right. Wow. Right back. Okay. Well, I'll speak to you next week then. Nice one. Right. Cheers, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Bye. Bye.